0: Hello there, everyone. It is Paul Casey, one half of the new team for Raw, a new wrestling podcast presented by Renegade Pop Culture and Clockshelves Entertainment. It is myself and Kiona Tang, and we are going to be taking a look back at the 30th anniversary of the first year of Monday Night Raw. Week to week, we're going to discuss uh, each episode and sort of the progression of that very first year with some other things peppered in. We did this initial kind of preview episode as an episode of my podcast called Paul and All from Shelves Entertainment. Uh, Kiona was a guest and we talked about sort of our history uh, as friends, our history as respective fans of wrestling, and how we came together to sort of do this podcast uh, we're going to be going and starting the very first episode of the TV show rewatch next week. We figured we would put this out as a little preview for you all now to sort of get you uh, up to speed on where we are, who we are, and things like that. So without further ado, here is the uh, preview episode of Raw, Reflecting and Analyzing Wrestling, presented completely uninterrupted by Renegade Pop Culture and Clock Shelves Entertainment mint. Welcome to another episode of Paul and All. As always, I'm your host, Paul Casey, and I'm delighted to be joined by a recurring guest. Welcome back to the show. Go ahead and reintroduce yourself. Hey,
1: everybody. My name's Kiona. I'm also known as Neoplasmic Online. And uh, yeah, I'm just thrilled to join Paul uh, to talk about one of our favorite topics, uh, wrestling and that sort of thing. So, yeah, this is going to be a fun
0: one, Paul. I absolutely agree. always love uh talking wrestling with pretty much anybody that will uh that will talk wrestling with me. um and sometimes finding someone to have an actual conversation with is uh, few and far between because uh, I have some some very good friends who aren't as into it as me, but they'll just listen and sort of nod along because they know it's something I'm passionate about uh or. Uh, you get people who are sometimes, and there's nothing wrong with this, but sometimes they are uh, a little too into it in terms of like I'm,, um, I'm a little bit more of like, I can t- kind of take a step back similar to uh, like you've recently been on the Buffy verse and Converse show that that we do and uh, where I can kind of talk about how I enjoy it as a TV show but it's still a TV show sort of deal to me you know and um, I actually had a situation recently mm-hmm. with wrestling where uh, well we maybe weren't supposed to be but uh, I was watching it at work with uh, one of my coworkers, and this guy walks in and he's you know shopping around and stuff and we you know we kept asking him, "Did you need anything?" And he's like, "No, you know." Or he, he's like, "I'm good." And then at a certain point, he turns and he goes, "You guys really like this stuff?" And we were like, "Yeah." And he goes, uh, "He's like, you know, it's fake, right?" Which is my absolute like least favorite thing to hear. Like, I hate when people are like, "You know, it's fake." And I turned to him and a very good friend of mine that I used to do. Uh, a wrestling podcast with uh called Wrestling Renegades. Uh, my co host on that show, Zach, uh, he always used to say, and I kind of took the line from him where he would say, Well, yeah, but so is The Godfather, but people love that. And so that's what I turned to this guy and I said, I said, Yeah, well, yes, sir, uh, it is fake, but so is the film The Godfather, and people love that. And he's like, You know what? You're right. Good point. And I'm like, Yeah, because it's a TV show, it's like no different than you know, the walking dead or or anything like that. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't necessarily realize is like the one time I said something uh, at work and I said about I said performing, you know, oh, is so and so performing instead of are they wrestling or are they competing? And one of my coworkers who's not into it looked and said, it's interesting that you said perform like that. And I'm like, well, yeah, because that's what it is. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people have this thing about it where it's like they, they say that it's fake or that it's like it's not, you know, as if, well, it's it's choreographed. I mean, if anything, like I, the guys know what they're going to do or they call like they tell each other what they're going to do in the ring or that sort of thing. But it's not like it's it's a performance, but it's done in such a way that it's it's partially like it's almost like stunt work. You know, it's like action and
0: performance at the same time. Right, and like I, I mean, and I get that this isn't everyone's thing either, but it's, uh, it's not that different in a sense from like reality TV, yes. either, yeah. where it it's situations and they're, uh, how could I say it? You're put into a, you know, they say, okay, basically, I mean, and sometimes obviously you have a lot of things that are a lot more scripted and things like that, but you have it where it's like, okay, here's the situation, start out by saying this, and then it's kind of like improv and react and act and all of that sort of stuff Yes. and figure it out as you go. And that's what they do with a lot of those reality TV series as well is we're going to put you in a thing and then we're just going to, you know, film you figuring it out from there.
1: Yeah, because it's not all organic stuff, like it's not all naturally happening in these types of shows, you know, you know that they're they're setting things up and they're pushing people in a certain
0: direction. And that's what wrestling does. Right. And for me, I'm not going to lie, like for me part of it is the fact that um like my dad has been into wrestling since he was a kid. He mm-hmm. used to go, so we live, well I live Um, in northeast PA so um, and that's well he doesn't live around here anymore but that's where he you know born raised whatever and so like we're maybe like 45 minutes north of Allentown which used to be a big spot for at the time it was the WWWF uh, oh yeah yeah, yeah, father and we're we're two and a half three hours away from New York City, you know, so it doesn't take a whole lot to go there to go mm-hmm. see that. And and so that's what that's and I mean obviously um you know territory wrestling back in the day was a, a much different thing than it is now to a certain extent. And yeah, you know, but he they used to go, him and his brother, um, when they were my dad and his brother when they were younger, like they used to go see them a lot. And they used to come around here like I'm, again, I'm, you know, maybe like 40 minutes south of Scranton or whatever as well. So like Scranton, wilkes area is like a big one. Um, just recently, WWE was over in Saudi Arabia and the first show they did back was a live show from the arena that's right down the road from my work. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I unfortunately I couldn't I, I didn't get a chance to go. But you know what I mean? Like it's it, it it comes around here because the home base, quote unquote, for the territory back in the day was Madison Square Garden, New York City, you know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Yeah. we're relatively close to that. So we would be uh, like we're a big spot that they would always come through. So my dad grew up watching it. And then obviously, as everything started to go national and cable and all of that, um. You started getting more stuff than just what was available here because there was obviously stuff going on in the Midwest, uh, in the South, and you would start to see wrestlers that you'd never heard of or, you know, you can only see in like the old magazines and things like that. And then you would get to see them on your TV because um, they would uh, either show up in your local territory or uh, now with the with uh cable and the concept of the super station that Ted Turner put forth, you know, where the signal can get carried a lot further and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, uh, they, they were able to be on, on TV and stuff. And so um like he grew up watching it and then, you know, he met my mom, married her. They ended up having me. And so wrestling was a staple in our household since I was, pretty much born you know what i mean like uh mm-hmm. like when i was growing up we would watch wrestling and i remember once you know y- it was years in but we would be one of those families that every monday was switching back and forth between raw and nitro raw and nitro yeah you know and that's that's what it was like we were that household and yeah. you know it wasn't until later i ended up getting out of wrestling for a little bit and then a few years back i got back into it um but it's just it's just always been a thing for me and my household you know what i mean like so i get it like i I, one of my one of my very good friends he just was never into it it was not, not something that they watched um he said i think he said uh he's had some cousins that have watched it and like growing up obviously in the in the 90s into the 2000s you know who some people are you know the you know the rock and stone cold and maybe yeah. the undertaker but yeah. he wouldn't necessarily know uh you know Jeff Jarrett or you know somebody like that because they weren't yeah. necessarily like the big names that you would see at that time but for me it was just something that was that was always on and something that I've always enjoyed. Yeah. Um,
1: For me growing up, I, I grew up in Hawaii, of course, as you know. And so um, the wrestling that they had there was called 50th State Wrestling. They had tried to make it like one of the, you know, it was kind of, well, kind of like one of the territories, I guess you could say. And um, I grew up, I, I was born in 81. So I was born after, I think after the end of that. Or at least, like, when I, you know, in my, as I, as I grew up, it kind of ended. So, I didn't get to see any live shows. And also, I I grew up a little bit on the poorer side, so we didn't really have the money to go to those. But, like, whenever they did come down, it was once in a while, maybe once every year, twice every year. And it was at this arena called the Blaisdell Arena. And they would sell pretty well, I think. Like, a lot of people would go and see the shows. Um. But I unfortunately never had the chance to. This was back when the WWF was like the main player in town. So what I grew up with was I grew up with the the cartoon, the Saturday morning cartoon with Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant and everybody. Rock and wrestling. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, um, and then after that, it was just like, you know, watching whenever I could. I, I used to watch like WWF superstars was like the main thing. And then you had WCW Saturday night. Um, so for me, it was mostly like, I was kind of out, outside of the territories. I was more like into like the mainstream stuff, like the WWF, WCW. Um, I never saw ECW until years later. I never saw like, um, I think it was at the time it was all Japan pro wrestling. I didn't really get to see that unless they aired it somehow on one of the Japanese stations back in Hawaii and stuff at the time. I think I saw maybe a couple of those shows. And that was always impressive to me because back then the Japanese wrestling was very different. Um, And my grandfather and mainly my grandfather, really, and my granduncle too, sometimes would watch wrestling. So the very first show on TV that I ever saw, like it was a match and it featured it was the Fabulous Freebirds. It featured them. So they were the first tag team that I ever saw. And that was the first match that I ever saw. Was them against a couple of? I think it was Jobbers. I don't remember the other guys, so they must have just been Jobbers. But so it's, uh,
0: it's interesting because there is a, a a bit of an age gap between us, so it's interesting yeah. to hear you talk about it because, um, you would have been if I if I have the the timing correctly. By the time you were like cognizant of what was going on. Uh that would have been pretty much right around the first, probably the first WrestleMania ish. Yeah. Which was, I, I believe, I 85.
1: So. Yeah, so, I mean it was like four years old. So right. But I mean, but that's <laughs>
0: yeah. what I was but like four or five, like six years old, that's like kind of the prime time when they want to get fans. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially at that point because it was yeah. and especially in the 80s when yeah. For, for anybody who who doesn't necessarily have the the frame of reference, I'm going to name some names and you're going to, most people are going to know who these people are. Hulk Hogan, Hulk Ultimate Hogan. Warrior, Randy yep. Savage. Yep. Like those are your main three around that time ish, yep. give or take, you know what I mean? A few years here and there and whatnot. But those are your Mr. T was at the, the first three. WrestleMania. A lot of people remember, you know, but those the are like mainstream. Yeah, right. And because they were, you know, Let's face it, they were, you know, more jacked up than a regular human actually could be without they, some sort of assistance. Absolutely. They were um, the,
1: the but faces they, of wrestling in a way, yeah.
0: Right. And they were, um, they were like real life superheroes. So, like you're exactly, like you said, you're four or five years old, you know, around the time of the first WrestleMania, that's like when they would want to hook you in. So, it's interesting because, like, for you, that means that, um, you, I'm not saying you would have you, that you saw the first WrestleMania, but let's just for argument's sake say you could have seen the first yeah. WrestleMania. And yeah, that's, I was,
1: yeah, I was around back then. Yeah. So
0: yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the time for, for those who don't necessarily know the history. I'm like a huge, not a huge history buff, but when, especially when it comes to like wrestling, I like to know a lot of the, the weird like little intricacies and things. Like <laughs> that's the time when, um, uh, maybe a year or two before that, so probably around 81 to 83, 84-ish, Vince McMahon went and decided he wanted to take his company, which later yep. became WWE, national. And basically what he did was he bought the company from his father. It was not given to him, which a lot of people always think that he got it from his dad. No, he bought it from his dad because his dad <laughs> didn't want him to have it. Um, wow. He bought, he bought it from his dad. And he had the idea of going global really, but at the time national, just as like a starting point, because what they used to do back in the day, and Kion, I I know you know this, but what they used to do was it was like I said, if you if you lived in the northeast of the country, you had one, you know, like wrestling. If you lived in the south, you had another. If you lived in the the upper Midwest, you had another. If you lived in Texas, you had another the the northwest like oregon and things like that you had another you know what i mean like and you had all these different i think there was 40 42 technically 42 promoters or something like that something along lot i, I want to say it was something along those lines and they all had their own little little areas and some were a lot bigger than others um and once vince got the got the company from his father. And they all basically it was very, um, very mafia-esque. Like if, you, if you, you hear the old stories about, you know, the old New York mafia with the five families, you know, and they would meet mm-hmm. every so often and they would mm-hmm. talk business and stuff. And it's like, hey, I have my spot. You have your spot. Don't invade my spot and I won't invade your spot sort of deal unless, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously they could work together on some things or whatever. And that's how it was in the territory days, you know, like I have the northeast, you have the southeast. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe sometimes I might say, "Hey, let's let's trade somebody here or there or what have you." Or if somebody's ready to leave, you could call me up and say, "Hey, I got this guy I want to send him up." Okay, great, you know, whatever. And that's fine, but you stayed in your spot and I stayed in my spot. And mm-hmm. Vince McMahon said, "I don't want to do that. I want all of it." And he, he, you know, he started sending uh, originally what he did was he started sending out tapes of his stuff to the local, um, the local channels in, you know, Texas and California and, you know, Minnesota, which were really big spots for, for the territories in their areas. And he would send the tapes to the company or to the, to the TV stations. And, you know, here, here's some money, put my show on instead. So that's when people, it started to break down this concept of, oh, well, wait a minute. I thought that because, you know, somebody would have like a retirement match when really all they would do is just move to a different territory that you didn't know about. You know what I mean? If they would move from Texas Mm -hmm. to Florida and the people in Texas would never see them again. Well, Mm -hmm. now suddenly they're seeing, well, wait a minute. Last week that guy got his neck broken and had to leave wrestling forever. But now here he is <laughs> on this show coming out of New York and you know, whatever. And so um, it started to take down a lot of those, those facades that had been put up and he went and he started buying people, uh, people's co- uh, contracts out, things like that. That's how he got Hulk Hogan and mean Gene Okerlund and all that. He got a lot of those from the AWA Vern Ganya, at the time in uh, Minnesota. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um he eventually built up the the you know rock and wrestling sort of deal and got um you know mr t there and muhammad ali and all those people for that first wrestlemania so it's interesting that like you would have been pretty much their prime demographic at that time and then even to think that like you said tv for you was the syndicated shows like when they would they would record a bunch of stuff and the model for the for wrestling was so different at that time because you wouldn't get a whole lot of quote-unquote good stuff on tv because the concept then was uh here's some kind of nothing stuff but if you want to see hulk hogan for real you got to come see him live yeah You know, come, come, comes to your town. Whereas when I was growing up, because it was changing, because in 90, the beginning of 93, we got Monday Night Raw. It, it started out as that, of course, but then it Mm -hmm. slowly became, well, you can see these, you know, you can see your, your main people pretty much week to week or every other week or what have you, as opposed to seeing them maybe once a month on TV and you have to wait and see them live in person well now you're getting to see them multiple times a month uh on you know every monday night or what have you Mm -hmm. yeah so it's interesting how that that difference between kind of what you had when you were growing up and and just even in that you know seven to ten year gap how everything changed
1: yeah because the way that it's changed so much is that you know, you would just have, uh, especially on TV, like on Superstars, for instance, on that show, first of all, clearly taped. And secondly, like they did so many other segments about the magazine and just with guys just cutting promos in front of a green screen or what have you, or in front of a blue screen, what have you. It's just like, it's crazy because they they would have guys like Bret Hart. They would have guys like Macho Man, like Undertaker, just come out there and just fight like jobbers, like these no-name guys whose job it was to just make them all look better. And it's because like you said, they wanted to sell the house shows and that's where you would see the good matches. But on TV, it was just like, it's Shawn Michaels versus dude from, you know, uh, Sheboygan or something, right. you know, he's yeah. yeah. It, it's just, it's, it's, you know, Matt, what's his name? And he's fighting with Shawn Michaels and Shawn Michaels pins him in like two minutes flat.
0: Right. And it's like, so, well, yeah, gee, who do you think is going to win? Who you know, think is going to win that match. Yeah, seriously. And, and, but that's, but it was, that's what it was because yeah. they wanted you to come out and see. Now you said there wasn't, and I get it, obviously, uh you know, Hawaii being, yeah uh, for, forgive me for saying it's kind of out of the way. It is out of the way, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's,
1: it's got, it's, there's ocean between us and the mainland or yeah, you know, yeah. it's just like, so um it was hard to see
0: live shows, you know, that was what we had was the TV right so that must have been even more frustrating for you because it's not like because now like like you said like they would do stuff in front of like a green screen or whatever and they would what they would do of course um and it's no different you see now if you watch your local station and you see somebody from your favorite show and it's like i'm such and such for, I don't even know what shows are on TV. I'll just use it. I'm such and such from the big bang theory. And you're watching your local CBS station or whatever. You know what I mean? Like they would, and they say the name of your station and you're yeah. like, Oh my gosh, big TV star that I watch every week knows my station. Well, no, what they do is they stand there and they go, okay. Uh, you know, now it's going to be like my, like my local station, is for let's just say cbs is called it's wyou so they would be like hi i'm such and such from your favorite cbs show and you're watching wyou scranton wilkes pennsylvania you know what i mean like they would say something like that and it's like oh my gosh they know my my station no, because They're then reading really off a list. Right. And then they would say whatever, you know, the, the next local station is they would say here, they would say Philadelphia, you know, and, you know, Washington, D.C. And they just move right down the line and then they send those out. And that's what they would do, you know, and it would be whoever, you know, whether it be Hulk Hogan or whatever. And he would just stand there and it's like, all right, you know northeast pa i'm i'm coming and i'm gonna i'm gonna take down whatever foreign person i'm fighting this month you know (laughs) because that's how that (laughs) always was (laughs) yeah that's that's almost (laughs) how it was all the time
1: that reminds me of an episode of futurama not to get too off topic but that reminds me of an episode of futurama where benders like benders like into like a robot sort of wrestling parody thing and they have like a foreign robot and he jumps in the ring and he goes he goes. I'm not from here. I have my own customs. Or yes. Something. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I have my own customs and traditions. Boo! <laughs> Everybody <laughs> boos. <laughs> it's
0: hilarious. But that's that's what they would do, especially oh, yeah. in that time, because obviously the the world wasn't the, the political climate yeah. of the
1: time. They were just they were reflecting it but it was it, you know it's interesting though the fact that they were able to pull off some storytelling even through that limited means you know they they had they had limited means back then but they still managed to do some kind of cool things and it was fun to see like watching it back as you know like it's all a lot of it is on peacock you know what i mean like a lot of the superstars episodes so going back and watching that is kind of interesting to see like It's interesting to see like Bret Hart standing in front of a screen, just going like, just going like, "I'll tell you something, Shawn Michaels, I'm the Intercontinental Champion, and what that means is I'm going to put you in a sharpshooter until you tap out, you loser." You know, like it's just it's it was kind of fun to see them just talk. I know, like just just as if they're talking to the person, but they're really not. It's just it was it was fun. It was a little awkward, but kind of amazing.
0: See, one of the things that I like so, uh, as I said before, uh, I used to do a a wrestling podcast uh, with my good friend um, Zach. Uh, we used to work together, and he actually kind of helped get me back into into wrestling because. Um, so as I said, I I grew up watching it and whatnot and not that i thought it was real but it was i didn't necessarily know how fake or scripted or whatever it was you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like i because because of the fact that my dad watched it and he knew and whatever and i i wasn't i don't know if i thought it was real or wet, like until what age I thought it was real, but you know, at a certain point it was just kind of, you just know, okay, maybe it's not, you know, like, so one of the, one of the best examples that I can, that I can give is if you watch something, you know, people are always like, well, he slapped him and it sounded so real. And I said, well, yes, because what you hopefully don't see is that when they're, Punching the guy or slapping the guy, they're also with their other hand punching or slapping or whatever somewhere on their own body to give it that slap sound. Mm -hmm. You know, the thing you see all the time is like the super kick and they slap the leg. That became like a big thing over the last few years. And, you know, but just like I never necessarily, like I kind of got that to a certain extent, or like they go to do like a suplex. Where they, you know, lift them over their head and slam them back down. Well, why is the other guy putting his hand – why is the bad guy – the, the good guy is doing the move to the bad guy. Well, mm-hmm. Why is the bad guy putting his hand on the good guy's belly to almost help lift himself yeah, up? That it, doesn't it, make sense. You know, yeah. like when, yeah. you, when you start to notice little things like that, some things start to become more clear
1: and And another thing that always got to me was that, like, well, if these guys are so bad when they're in the ring, then why don't they go out in the arena and just start like hitting people? like they're such bad people? Like why right. don't they behave like real like really villainous? Not that I'm hoping for that, but it's just that, you know, like they're they're they behave like they're gonna
0: just do that, and then they never do right. And well yeah that's the thing is like you're so you're 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 such the worst person alive then I mean realistically then why why would they keep you employed here you know Yeah exactly <laughs> or if you're if you're the worst person alive why is it that you'll still follow certain things that the referee will yell at you for Yeah you know <laughs> Yeah yeah that's like the biggest one for me but um so as I got a little bit older, I was still into it, you know, like in my, uh, like tween to teen years. Mm-hmm. And oh, then, yeah. um, a lot of my friends that I like would watch wrestling with, they started to get out of it because at that time, you know, girls and, uh, you know, uh, fashion, you know, cause they want to look good and they want to this and that, and, you know, other other TV shows became more important and then uh once you hit you know like 13 14 15 16 cars which I'm not a I'm not a car person I've never I never oh, have yeah, been. I never you know so like that was never like a thing but probably right around the time that I was like 15 16 17 my dad moved away and that was like mm. what wrestling was one of the big things that like pretty much every week uh when he was living, Cause my, well, okay. So my parents split and then Mm -hmm. he ended up Mm -hmm. staying with us again for a little while, like years later. So like every Monday we would watch raw and then like, well, it was depending on if it was Thursday or Friday, like we would watch SmackDown, we would get the pay-per-views and all that sort of stuff. So that was like our thing was watching wrestling and we would play the video games. And uh, when I was a, when I was a real little kid, like I had all the action figures and I would put on my own wrestling shows you know, I was never really like mm-hmm. an outside kid. So I was always like inside playing wrestlers and I'm an only child. So like I learned how to play by myself very early on, which like mm-hmm. not a lot of people can do that. Like they have to have somebody to like play with. Like I would just do I would I would do all the voices and, you know, all the all the stuff. And I used to put on like a full production with all my action figures and stuff. And, um, you know, I used that's, to do that that's yep. what it like yeah that's what it was like that was that was wrestling was not my whole life but if you ask a lot of people in my family that's kind of what it seemed like was it was wrestling 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 and then like I said when uh when my dad moved away I was still into it but then slowly it started moving more to the back burner and it just eventually like other stuff became more prominent in like I started getting into like move like I'm not saying this person in particular but like I started being like oh wow Quentin Tarantino does some cool things let me start watching his movies a lot or you know what I mean like things like that where it would be like maybe not necessarily go like girls or cars or whatever but I was just like there's there's other entertainment for me at least there's other entertainment out there let me give that a look sort of deal and it eventually was i kind of dropped wrestling because i was like okay well nobody else i know really watches it a lot of the stuff started to seem really really repetitive and at that time um wcw was gone ecw was gone TNA never really got to where it was supposed, like where people thought it was going to. It was always a distant (laughs) number two. Yeah. And there was like, it was, you know, WWE became more and more. The thing you would often hear is, you know, it's for an audience of one, it's for Vince McMahon. And it wasn't necessarily something, they weren't doing stuff that I was really interested in because again, I was late teens let's just say so like i'm i'm full of like adrenaline and hormones and all this stuff and that's when they started switching back to let's try to get kids in on this again because for a while it was that's interesting you know what i mean it was for like when i was a kid it late 90s into the 2000s it was Let's go for like the the teens and the the young guys and you know that 16, was
1: all of that exactly exactly when I was about sixteen or seventeen or eighteen was in the late you know the late nineteen hundreds as they say now, <laughs> um, the the late the late twentieth century, of the you know in in about ninety eight ninety nine, uh, which is when I graduated high school uh, in ninety nine so. So going into that sort of year, that was in the right in the middle of the Attitude Era. Or like right when the Attitude Era was was like at full blast. Right. So for me, it was like it it was to the point where, you know, where, where I would talk to like my classmates about it and stuff, and we would make jokes and everything. The NWO hand sign was like a huge thing when I graduated. In fact, we did that. Some of us, some of the guys like on the stage, we did that. Like we did the just too sweet thing on stage. Oh, tell me you a video of that somewhere. Oh, it's 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 on like VHS though. But yeah, I mean it's like we did that honestly oh, we on have stage. To, we everything. have to get that. It was so freaking that. hilarious, and it was just like, like uh, it's so funny because um, you know they were they were going into the whole like sex sells aspect of it with like with Sunny. And with like Sable and with like everybody, you know, and it was just crazy. Like we used to talk about it at school and stuff. And one of my teachers was like, you know, and this, 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 uh, teacher was like, he was cool with like the students and everything. Like he, he would be a little bit more friendly with us. And so he comes up to me once and he's like, do your parents know that you watch this stuff? Like seriously, like, because it's got like Steve Austin, just flipping everybody off and like, well,
0: that's, so that's the funny thing is like, so you're in high school at that time. Yeah. I'm yeah. like late <laughs> elementary school into middle school at that time. Mm-hmm. Well, probably well, like ninety nine. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was still in elementary school. So you got to think like you guys are doing that, and your teachers are asking like, do your parents know that you watch this? Now, like you said, too sweet and the sex cells and all that. You got to think my like me and my classmates in elementary school <laughs> are going around going like, I suck know. it, like. I know. And they're like, they like our teachers would be like, I can't believe, you know, because like I I distinctly remember, I don't remember what show it was or whatever, but I remember it was a Monday morning and this one kid was like half asleep in, in class. And the teacher was like, why are you like, you just had the whole weekend. Like why on earth are you so so tired? And he's like, I was up watching the wrestling pay-per-view last night. And she's like, do your parents know that you were up until... Because what would it have gone off at, like, say, 11 at night or whatever, which was late for us back then, you know? But, like, and he's like, Yeah, who do you think was watching it with me? Like, you know? (laughs) And so, but, like, yeah. So, we, like, you were high school, dude. We were, like, elementary school doing, like, suck it and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. yeah. But, like, well, I mean, I was in
1: a Catholic school, so maybe that's why. Oh, okay. (laughs) but like you know but it was yeah i mean it's just it was so much fun though back then i mean the energy was so great and everything like i mean say what you will about the attitude era and some of the craziness that they did back then and you know of course it hasn't aged all that well but like but just the energy of it and just like the intensity of everything that was going on it was really interesting to contrast that with like you know how i grew up with it being very sort of safe for kids and very like superhero
0: well that's that's the thing is like so i had seen like i said kind of early to mid 90s when it was still because at the time you know like post hulk hogan and whatnot yeah when bret hart sean michaels do your homework eat your vegetables yeah well, like post that when like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels started becoming like the faces of of oh, yes. the WWF, and they called it like the new generation. The new
1: generation, yeah.
0: Before, like pre, like before, right before they got into the Attitude Era. So like I was watching that, and yep. they had like King Mabel, the Nation of I mean? Domination, right. And then you start to get into the Attitude Era. So like I had seen where it was like Doink the Clown and Doink the Clown duke the dumpster drozzy and like the occupational (laughs) gimmicks and all of that yes and then i saw the attitude era and like that was when i like really like got into it because again i was starting to become more cognizant of what is going on and gold dust right and gold
1: dust pushed so much buttons so many buttons
0: oh yeah Oh yeah and if you go back and you listen like I listen to a lot of like wrestling podcasts and stuff and if you listen to them it's funny to hear uh, some of the like creative people debate and justify he wasn't he wasn't trying to be gay he was androgynous that was the word they always used and it's like I mean, you watch sure. it and it's like he was but he was clearly trying to push buttons like you said yeah um but like,
1: so and, then... and I mean, he did really well with that character, right? you know, and that's Dustin. Dustin Rhodes is not like androgynous in the slightest. No, but it's just it's so interesting to see him play that that character. And just like, you know, I mean, I can't imagine anybody else being gold dust. No, not at all. No, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it was an interesting transformation to see him go through and to see the business kind of go through. And I, I still remember to this day, like, I mean, you know, we all know what's become of, of, of Sonny. Um, you know, and it's a, it's a very, like, it's a sad and, and kind of like maddening thing that, that happened with her. But like, you know, in her personal life and how she's kind of gone, like, off the rails you know yeah and and like all those things but i still remember that opening to monday night raw that one week where it's her in a bathtub and all these bubbles around her and she goes parental indiscretion i mean discretion is advised and i'm just like yeah right (laughs) okay yeah yeah yeah
0: well that i like i remember i read you i remember you i mean it was years after that like so when my parents split, we didn't. Uh, my mom and I, because obviously they at that time they weren't living together or anything. But like my mom and I, we didn't have cable, so it was weird because like I didn't get raw for maybe like two or three years, oh, because after that, um, like my dad's brother would uh, tape it and let me borrow it a few days later. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah. I would watch SmackDown uh because it was on upn or whatever at the time yeah that's right that's right and so i still got to see smackdown so i'd still i would get to see if i hadn't seen raw that week i could see like highlights and you know whatever but there was a time now this is going uh maybe like 2000 2001 has i'm pretty sure it's 2001 the right to censor
1: yeah are you watching
0: then or no Yes, I I remember them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for those who don't know, the Right to Censor was basically a a play on the real life parents television council or something I think that's what they're called the parents a, television yeah. council and basically they're they they allegedly represent what parents do and don't want to see on TV. So they're like this show is is not okay and this show is and they help like guide the the ratings not ratings in terms of this show got this many viewers but the you know tv pg tv ma pg 13 all that sort of stuff that they do it led
1: to the ratings and i think it led even to the v chip thing you remember that
0: yep yeah So there was one it was on smackdown (laughs) and it was i don't remember who it was it was one of the female wrestlers i can't remember who I'm sure if I looked into it, I could find it pretty easily. But it was one of the female wrestlers, and she makes a. Now you got to remember. So, Raw is on cable. Mm -hmm. SmackDown is on regular television. Basically, free TV. Free TV. It wasn't. It wasn't as big of a station as your ABCs, NBCs, CBSs. It was more, you know, equivalent with like the WB. You know. Yeah. Uh, Now, now the CW. It would be
1: open, as they used to say. (laughs)
0: So she comes out on this. This female wrestler comes out on the stage, and she says something along the lines of, "Oh God, I am going." You know, the right to censor wants to come through. Now, what the 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 group was wrestlers who yeah they were parodies basically yeah they they basically decided this is too crass to yeah. be on on parody
1: you... wrestlers yeah yeah exactly. and so
0: like I said they were like the the parents television council. <laughs> and, but they were they were the RTC, the right to censor. Yeah. So she Hilarious. comes out and she says, I'm going to stand here on this stage and I'm going to strip naked for all of you and all the world to see. Or, so you know, something like that, she says. And oh my God. I'm watching this. I think oh. I was it was either in my room or I was in my mother's room because the better TV was in there and i hear from the other room <laughs> you better turn that off oh my god <laughs> cuz again Hilarious. if this is like if this is like 2000 2001 i'm about 10 11 12 years old something like that and so i hear you better turn that off right now and i just yell back cuz by this point i've i've kind of caught on to a good amount of how wrestling sort of works in terms, maybe not again, maybe not in terms of how do they make it look like he's hitting them without hitting them or whatever. But I just, I remember even at, uh, at, you know, like I said, 10, 11, 12 years old. And I just yell back, nothing's going to happen. The right to censor is going to come out and they're going to cover everything up. Not even thinking like this is, Free television. There's no way they're gonna show anything. Yeah, but like everybody in the crowd gets all hyped up because like they think that this is like first of all, no, it's not gonna happen. Like I don't know why people were because you get into it. I get it. Was you know was that
1: I mean? Sable or was that like Trish Stratus or somebody like no, that? Oh,
0: it definitely wasn't. It wasn't. Um, I'm hold because I gotta look it up now. I want to say it was like miss kitty or somebody
1: oh yeah
0: my Um, memory's a little hazy from that that time period but yeah i want to say it was miss kitty oh Uh, god yeah i could imagine that but so um (laughs) like that's like and okay so they're they're doing that and it's and it's risque and whatever but now so you got to think if i'm that old at that point it was i'm looking it up here it looks like it was miss kitty yeah. From which was uh at one point Jerry Lawler's real life wife. Wow. Um oh
1: my goodness.
0: But so you gotta Jer- think
1: Jerry Lawler's just sitting there the whole time, just just probably oh, yeah. enjoying the crap out of it. <laughs> puppies,
0: puppies puppies. But so you gotta think. So if like you're a teen like I said, like you're a teenager during like that prime time, like I'm a uh about to be a teenager so that's I don't want to say again that's not all I know because with my dad having been a wrestling fan his whole life like I also got to see stuff um, and hear about the stories of things back in the 80s that I would later go on to actually see for myself for real via the network YouTube so on but I would hear these stories you know mm-hmm. about the old territory days and all the stuff him my dad would tell me his brother would tell me, you know, a, a lot of the stuff that I would, I was starting to read online. Cause of course the internet was starting to get bigger and then cut to, like I said, I'm like 15, 16, 17. And suddenly the WWE, who's really the only game in town decides, yeah. okay, we're going to go and aim more toward kids again.
1: Yeah. We're going to go back to being like the PG era.
0: And that's when I was like, Okay, yeah, I think I'm kind of done with this because yeah. at that point, The Rock had gone off to Hollywood. Yeah, Stone Cold was done. Um, Undertaker, who's my favorite, was still around, but he was only he would, he that's what he was doing, like. You know, he would only be there maybe two or three times a year, come out for the big paper, you know, come out to the lead up to the, to one of the pay-per-views, have a match and then disappear for like two or three months, then come yeah. back, build up to a big match at WrestleMania, disappear and whatever. And I was like, eh, well, whatever, you know, a lot of them, a lot of the guys that I grew up watching were, they were, they were yeah. gone or they yeah. moved on, Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I think whatever, you know, I think I'm going to be done. That's and then
1: that's what happened to me too, kind of. Yeah. Um. I, I grew up in a more, you know, in a much more conservative religious household, Catholic household. So, you know, not only was it at the time, the attitude era for me was like, it was like transgressive. You know what I mean? Like just watching it was like a, it was, it was kind of a, like, it was kind of like the forbidden fruit. So in a way, I think that that's what also lent itself for to me becoming a big fan of it. Um, and I feel like now, you know, looking back on it and stuff, and that I had to make a decision where, like, um, because I was brought up in that environment, you know, it sort of became like, well, I'm going to quit watching this because it's just too much, you know. So I ended up just after high school, I ended up kind of just stop. Stopped watching. So I didn't really get to see the end of the Stone Cold and the Rocks, you know, rivalry and didn't really get to see them walk off into the sunset. But uh, because at that point, I had already stopped watching and, and just a lot of changes were going on. And so that's kind of what led to me, you know, not watching for like about 20 years. Um, I, I stopped watching wrestling, like just didn't barely watched it barely watched any sports, honestly. Within that so, time frame. um,
0: so That would have been around. So around like. At the end
1: 2002?
0: of 99, 2000.
1: Oh okay. I, I kind of just stopped watching. And then I started watching back again. When um, right before. I, I moved from Hawaii. So in about 2018, 2019. When I was working at Starbucks. And, uh, and just all of a sudden. I heard about like you know. Oh the WWE now has some competition. With uh, AEW and with. You know, like the NWA and MLW and some of those companies, some of those smaller companies coming up. Yeah, and then you just hear about like the progeny of all those former wrestlers, like like British Bulldog's son, like Bret Hart's niece, Jim the Anvil Ninehart's daughter. Yep. You know, and and just the legacy of some of these people actually, you know, getting into it, getting, following in their in the footsteps of their of their fathers and and uncles and whatnot and. That was kind of interesting. So,
0: so for me, it was um, I had gotten out of it, and it wasn't it wasn't a strained relationship between me and my dad, but because mm-hmm. he wasn't around, and okay, I'm I'm not. There was there was a little bit of a strain there because I was like. Yeah. Like I said, like 15, 16, 17, and the time when traditionally speaking, you know, a father is supposed to teach his son how to drive and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. He he wasn't there. So for the few years after that, like we would talk, you know, on the phone a few times a month or, you know, whatever. But it was never like, it was just like kind of superficial conversation you know how's school how's you know he would I would he would ask me how's school I would ask him how's work and you know then he would say did you see this and I would be like "Ah, uh, you know especially like wrestling related like oh did you uh, No, you know I'm not really watching it anymore oh and then he would like recap everything for me and part mm-hmm. of me is like I, I if I wanted to know I'd be watching it you know <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah but sure. like it was it was just you know one of the things that him and I had always was was wrestling and mm-hmm. yeah. then it got where we would talk maybe just a few times a year and it wasn't for any reason like it wasn't because like I was like having any resentment it was just we'd grown apart because we didn't have a whole lot in common anymore cuz he was gone for several years Um, Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I was, I was kind of doing, I was finding who I was as a person, you know, like that was when I, I started working at the supermarket and it was before I went to Hawaii for the first time, which is, I was a completely and totally different person, like pre 2014, my first trip there. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. you know, we just We would talk every so often or whatever. And again, it would be a lot of it would be, How are you? How are things? Oh, things are good. Whatever. A few every few months or whatever. And he would do, you know, it was the same thing. Are you watching this? And I'd be like, No. And he'd be like, Oh, well, you know, did you hear? Like, I don't even remember when it happened. I know it was Mania 30, but I think that would have been like 2014, I want to say. But whatever it was, he was like, Oh, did you hear, you know, Undertaker streak got broken? I was like, Oh, you know, I I kind of heard something about that or whatever. But it was just kind of that and nobody else that I knew was like really watching wrestling or talking about wrestling or anything like that and Mm then um a few years into working at the supermarket I had started to become friends with a few of the guys and whatever and because we were all about the same age we were all kind of there for about the same length of time, you know, give or take a few months, few years of each other, whatever, we would all be scheduled together. So unsurprisingly, we would try to arrange so that we would all take lunch at the same time or, you know, whatever. And the one day I remember a few of them sitting there and they're, they're talking about wrestling. Now we're, I was uh, probably one of the older of the like four or five of us. So I'm maybe twenty. Three, four, five, something like that in that time frame. Maybe you know a little bit older, and I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, huh, these guys watch wrestling. I'm like, I didn't think anybody really watched <laughs> wrestling anymore. Like, I yeah, I didn't realize it was it was still as big because it was it was like basically it was in my rear view mirror, and I heard them talking about it, whatever, and I would hear them say certain things that I'd be like, I didn't really know who a lot of the names were like mm-hmm. i like you said like uh natty Neidhart like i was like i was like oh Neidhart like i know that jimmy anvil you know um and you know yeah. i know like things like that and then um the one time it was uh what year would that have been it was either 2017 or 2018 for that year's mania it was the it was dallas whatever year that was uh, mania 32 i want to say um My buddy Zach invited me and a few of the guys over because at that time NXT was becoming a bigger thing and they were doing the takeover events. Mm -hmm. So it would be like Saturday night or Friday night or something like that would be the takeover show and then the WrestleMania on the Sunday night. So he was like, oh, he's like, if you he's like, if you want to watch really good wrestling, he's like, come over and watch the NXT show and then if you want to see like the spectacle like you used to be used to uh come and, come over and watch WrestleMania so i watched NXT and i saw some of the some of the teams and stuff that were there and i was like oh, okay this this is really good a lot more athleticism than there NXT used to be.
1: in its like in that era of like its prime was amazing oh 100% like, I, think I i caught like the tail end of that with like you know the the undisputed era and everybody like
0: that was top-notch for sure. Oh, hundred percent. And that yeah. was and see, and my thing, and I've told them this, it's it's unfortunate, but it's something that I've come to realize. I being a product of the attitude era, grow like more growing up watching that, as opposed to that being like for you, where it was more of like the teenage, like you had watched wrestling for a while before that. I'm not as big on the in-ring like if a match goes for like 20 minutes or 30 minutes or 40 minutes whatever that's great i'm i could watch it and i could be like oh that oh what a what a devastating looking move and you know what i mean all that stuff and but i like the entertainment side of sports entertainment. I like the storylines. I like the soap opera aspect of wrestling more. Mm-hmm. And I get it, a good a good performer will put on a show where they are telling a story in the match plus the story of whatever the feud is about. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm I more like the the whatever the feud is about than the in-ring thing. And that's just me personally. And I know not everybody agrees with that. And I know that's a bit more of an old school mentality, but that's just who I am as a wrestling fan. And so it was really cool to watch the NXT thing. And it was something like that. I was like, Oh wow. Like this is not what wrestling was when I was watching it sort of deal. And then a night or two later, it was, uh, it was the, the WrestleMania and I was like, okay, like this is pretty cool. And you know, it was uh I want to say the main event for that one was Triple H versus Roman Reigns for the title. Hmm. Okay, cool. Undertaker versus Shane McMahon, Hell in a Cell. Okay, that's kind of cool. You <laughs> yeah. know, and and Shane McMahon. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, but you know what I mean, like little things like that. And it's like, okay, like this is this is like I know who some of these people are, you know. <laughs> um and of course at that time I was like, oh yeah, Roman Reigns. Like, that's the Rock's cousin. Okay, I get it. Mm-hmm, you know, whatever.
2: Mm-hmm,
0: yeah. And uh and pretty much from there and hanging out with those guys, it became uh maybe not every month, but it was like for a lot of the the bigger shows, it was we would go over to Zach's and you know, we would watch wrestling. And then um I started doing the podcasts and you know, I I talked to to Zach and I was like, oh, do you want to do the the pollen all show? And so we started talking because then I started getting back into watching a lot of stuff on like YouTube, and uh, there was something where I was actually recently talking with you, and I I got to do a little bit more meeting some of the other people from Renegade Pop Culture. And we were talking Mm -hmm. about certain like wrestling YouTube channels that we watch and things like that. And some of the ones you, I don't know if you watched some of the ones that we were talking about, uh, like Mm -hmm. Cultaholic and things like that. So like I, when those guys worked at what culture I started watching a lot of their stuff. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. that helped me kind of figure out like, okay, who is this? Who is that? What was this story? And like, I would kind of catch up through.
1: That's uh, how you learn. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then it became, I was, maybe not watching every week. And I still don't watch like raw SmackDown AEW every week, but I'll watch a lot of those videos and kind of get a lot of the highlights and stuff. And then it became, we were, you know, Zach and I were talking about wrestling an awful lot on Paul and all, so it was like, well, why don't we just do a wrestling show? And it became wrestling renegades and Mm -hmm. it went on for, you know, a good amount of time. And then unfortunately uh, him and myself and our friend, Pat, who we brought on as our, as our third, third man in the booth um we all went through some some life changes so we had to uh postpone the the show indefinitely um and uh i see that kind Mm. of leads us here (laughs) um so you so before i i say that next part of what i was about to say so you uh you got out of it you said around probably like 2000 Post something.
1: my high school graduation, I kind of got out of it.
0: So what brought you back in?
1: Um, I was literally on lunch break at work, and I had heard about this new, you know, kind of upstart company. And, you know, and I had seen like, um, I, I sort of kept in touch for a few years after I kind of dropped out of watching week to week so i knew that vince had bought out wcw i knew that like he was having and and bought out ecw and all that and so not much in the way of competition there was tna but that was it and uh just sort of hearing about like aew and sort of hearing about the smaller you know like the nwa was coming back and and i just started seeing this stuff pop up on youtube and and you know and guys like simon miller and the what culture people and I mean, I I just sort of got back into or I, I got back into the mindset of wanting to see like what was going on with wrestling for some reason. I don't know why it just kind of hit me like that and football for some reason. I just kind of started getting back into it in about 2018, 2019. And so I just like on my on my lunch break that one day I just looked up the AEW roster and I was looking up names and stuff. And I was like, I was like, OK, this guy sounds cool. This guy sounds cool. This guy sounds cool this tag team seems like they know what they're doing. And I started to kind of research it and look up like little clips online and stuff like that. And, you know, started hearing about things like bullet club and, and like, you know, and and I, I just sort of was like, Oh, well, I guess the the spirit of things, the spirit of old wrestling is still alive in a way. And I, like the PG era of WWE that, that just really took me out of it. I remember just thinking, like, nobody has a cool gimmick anymore. Everybody's just, like, I don't know. For for me, it was just so dry.
0: And I gotta say, like, personally, I'm kind of glad that I did step away. Yeah, me too. And I'm glad that I can go back and I can look and, like, I can have... Not that I, not that I don't have a brain for myself, but that we're collectively wrestling fans who like you said so like Simon Miller from from what culture and and things mm-hmm. like that and a mm-hmm. lot of these guys from these different things you start to know who thinks like you or do yeah. you think like them are they influencing the way you think about things what and that's that's not necessarily a bad thing either because like i like i said i didn't necessarily used to look at like uh match quality or anything like that mm-hmm. but then like looking into a looking into it a little bit more i started to and now mm-hmm. i i it's still for me it's storyline number 1 actual in ring wrestling is number 2 and i know for a lot of people almost the majority of people it's the opposite and i get that that's fine but it's becoming a lot closer of a one and two than it used to be for me mm-hmm. cuz i didn't necessarily get the in-ring storytelling aspect or anything like that because you know similar to you like i would watch like a kevin nash who had you know like five moves you know (laughs) what i mean like he couldn't do a whole i mean
1: hulk hogan was not the best wrestler of all time
0: And that's and that's the thing is like that's kind of what I would see because but Hulk Hogan he knew how to talk he knew how to bring people in he knew how when those when those moves hit everybody jumped out of their seats and he was
1: the guy the cameras would
0: be flashing and that that's you went there to see the leg drop the cupping of the ear and the pose you know that was it. And that, that was, was and, and that was enough. And I'm not saying it's not enough now because like people will still and I'm not even saying like Hogan, but like even this year that we're finishing out, uh, we're recording this in, in the end of very end of 2022. Uh, Steve Austin came back at WrestleMania and I'm not saying he yeah, didn't he did. do a whole lot, but really everybody just wanted to see him give us give a few stunners, drink a few beers and that's it. Yeah, that's it. You
1: know. And that that's his that was his job in the ring. You know, that was his job to do it. And and man, that was a that was a fun one. But anyway, yes, yeah. yes.
0: <laughs> Um But like for me, I don't necessarily I don't I don't like when and I, I'm going to probably get a lot of heat for this. I'm not the biggest fan of like the young bucks who do move, 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 move. And nobody I sells agree. anything.
1: I agree. You know, and yeah, so and I get
0: it. A lot of people don't agree with that. And that's that's fine. A lot of people
1: just want to see that they want to see the move carousel. And I and I. Yeah, I mean, okay, if that's what you want, but.
0: And so for me, it was it it was kind of nice that even though that started becoming more and more. Because the stories weren't so great, I'm actually kind of glad that I missed like that good, you know, 10 or so year chunk, Mm -hmm. because I can go back and I can look and people could say like, oh, a lot of it wasn't great, but go back and watch like CM Punk highlights. Okay, great. Yes, perfect. Perfect example. And I'm not even I'm I'm not and I have not been I'm not a a CM Punk fan. And again, that's going to infuriate a lot of people, too. Just, I actually I, like him, but... <laughs> I, I just, I don't get it. I really, I, I just don't. Um, I, I liked him. It is his uh,
1: latest run, but that's just me.
0: But, like, you know, he's... I'm not taking anything away from him in the ring or anything like that. Like I said, like, people would say, like, okay, yeah, I get it. You're not into this, that, whatever. But then you have... And, I mean, I can laugh at certain things. Like, there's that clip that I see go around... And I, I wasn't watching it at the time, but when like Kofi Kingston from the New Day first showed up, apparently he was like a Jamaican guy and whatever. And then at a certain point, he just kind of dropped the accent. And then like a year or two later, uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels as DX were in the ring, and Triple H just stops and goes, "Hey, by the way, whatever happened to your Jamaican accent?" And everybody just bursts <laughs> out laughing. <laughs> Because you know you don't acknowledge a lot of things, and Kofi King does yeah, look on his face like, I, I, "What? What are you talking about? Like, we're not char- supposed to talk about that." Character
1: changes happen on a dime, and that's just it. You know, they they figure something's not working, and then they change it, or something is working, and they change for that. And,
0: and like, I can I can appreciate how funny that line is. That is, but so I'm sure funny. if I watched the rest of that segment, I would just be bored. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. I'm kind of glad I wasn't necessarily watching week to week at that time. And that I can go back and look at highlights. And now I feel at least that I'm back into it at a time where there's competition again. Like you were saying, AEW, WWE impact is actually doing a lot of good things. I really like some of the stuff that they're doing. Obviously yes. new Japan is, is becoming a player once again. Um, well, AEW and Ring of Honor are basically the same thing now. They're the but same it, thing, yeah. You know, but um, but a lot of that is coming back, and and both companies have a lot of good people. It's not just because for a while, even TNA was they left WWE, so you know they they went right to TNA and mm-hmm. whatever, and you see that a little bit with AEW. If you know anybody that that leaves, they everybody automatically thinks they're going there, but. You know what i mean like it's mm-hmm. there's there's more to it to a certain extent now and the stories are better because it's it's not dissimilar to how it was in the 90s where it's like oh okay we're not the only game in town anymore now we have to step up our competitive competitive game again we can't just rest on our laurels as the, as the case may have been in the uh basically the the late 2000s into the the tens and teens and stuff where it was there wasn't really a whole lot else going on so they could just kind of coast on we're the top dog and no one's going to come even close to us
1: that's right yeah yeah a little competition is never a bad thing
0: right which is why um, you know you and i hate each other because i'm clock <laughs> shelves and you're your renegade <laughs> <country> and, <laughs> you know feud and whatnot <laughs> Yes, entirely, <laughs> entirely. I'm gonna do
1: a John Moxley promo on you now, and just be like, just be like, I'm gonna grind your bones into butter for my bread. Um, no, but like, okay. So, so as we, it, uh, are we winding down, or are we, are, are we still in the middle of things? Well, that's up to you. Well, I just have, I, I have one, maybe two more. Yeah, go ahead. Maybe just one more question. Let's see. No, two more questions. Sure. So the first is okay. So if you were to look back in like the olden times of the business, right? Like when you were growing up, let's say, like when you and I were growing up, like who would you say was your, just like, just like list off who your favorite wrestlers and announcers are?
0: So my favorite has always been The Undertaker. Nice. Always. Nice. Always, Excellent. always, Excellent. Undertaker. Um, I really, I mean, I don't know how many you want me to give you, but obviously, I really like, obviously, like I just said, The Undertaker. Now, are you saying from my perspective back then, or like looking back now, who do I would I say looking back now. more? Okay, I would say looking back now. Okay, yeah. so The Undertaker would still be there. Um, I've always really, and this isn't in any particular order after The Undertaker. Um, I've yeah. always really liked Triple H as a performer, even during like the Golden Shovel when he was burying everybody era. I still really like Triple H, um, but you said you weren't watching then, so I don't know if you really you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm, I, I I'm know sure. of yeah. it, yes, but yeah. I, I really wasn't watching back then. Yeah, um, but I think I, I just missed it. Yeah, um, but I still, I even even then, mostly I liked him. Um, we in my house we watched wcw mm-hmm. um but then around say 98 99 when my parents split it became a little bit more difficult to mm-hmm. keep track of everything only because i didn't we didn't have cable like i said so anything with regards to raw or pay-per-views i would have like during the summer um my one aunt and uncle they have and and several other people not just my dad he wasn't the only one into wrestling like several people on my mom's side of the family have also been into wrestling over the years um like her father liked it uh her grandmother my mother's grandmother liked it but only if there was blood just like hockey um yeah that was that was her thing <laughs> um but so I could go to like other relatives houses to, you know, or, you know, whatever. So when I say my family was like, oh, he's all about wrestling. It, they also didn't help that by also watching it. You know, it was just, I yeah. kind of got into it way more than any of them. Um, sure. Sure. understand. But my one aunt and uncle in particular on my mom's side, they had a pool. So in the summer, every few weeks I would go out. And stay there because, you know, swimming during the day and you know, uh, have like a not a cookout necessarily, but like maybe like roast marshmallows or whatever at night, you know, sort of deal. Oh, well, they had cable, and that's that's probably where I first heard of ECW because we're not that far from Philly, mm-hmm. so that uncle it was beyond at like two in the morning or whatever on yeah. the you know whatever but like he would watch that and so i was like what is this you know and i never got as into it uh as i you know i got into it a lot more later on but i did i do remember seeing some of it then and and whatever um but so when i was out there i would watch wrestling i could watch raw you know what i mean like live i wouldn't have to wait for my other uncle to tape it and get it to me or whatever mm-hmm. But once kind of like say like mid 98 WCW kind of started to go downhill. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of people kind of started falling off, especially in my family kind of start. So it, and that's really when the tide started to turn and WWF at the time started to become more prominent again and, and all of that. So on the WCW side, obviously Hogan and Sting, probably the top two. Looking back now, um, I I say uh, best wrestler, probably of all time, Ric Flair. He's not yeah. my favorite, but he's he, like what he, I think yeah. is you know, and it, it, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels are like one and one A or two in terms of like they can make the other person look good they can make themselves look good they do all they they deliver great promos like they are everything that you theoretically should want in a in a wrestler um but just in terms of my favorites uh again let's just say so like undertaker triple h hulk hogan in the nwo because it was cool to be a bad guy um Sting because you didn't know he he had just switched over to Surfer Sting, so you didn't know. Yeah, that. Surfer Sting. Yes, or no? Not I'm sorry, or, or like from, from Surfer, Surfer Sting Surfing to, to the, the Crow Sting. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 So there's that. Um. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like I said, like Shawn Michaels, because like NWO and DX are like the the they were the, the two. top two,
1: right? Yeah, <laughs> like, they were the two at so the time, who, especially
0: pretty much in the early days of the NWO not necessarily when they started getting like 50 yeah, people in there
1: they really like they mismanaged it and and yeah. that's
0: like WCW in a nutshell
1: where they had something good and just mismanaged the crap out of it yeah um, but um
0: so there's that uh so yeah probably like those those kind of guys and now of course looking back you look and you realize like um and I didn't realize it until later But you look at the cruiserweights on WCW: Ray Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, all of them. Oh yeah, they were putting on great matches. Great, but so great back then. That's not what I wanted to see. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I wanted to see get get to Hulk Hogan. You know? Yeah. There's there's a thing, um, Bruce Prichard, who, for those who don't know, he was Brother Love. Um, he's Vince's right hand for, oh my god, like twenty years um yeah, he does at a, least he does a podcast it was what the one that got me into listening to the rest all the wrestling podcasts that i listened to which is a crap ton that how did I he get to. so
1: red as brother love i like <laughs> i never
0: in reality face paint face uh, paint right yeah yeah, yeah obviously um, but that was so funny but, though um but he he talks about back in the day Vince's thing was no matter what even if even if Hogan lost like there's a there's something I don't remember if it's a Royal Rumble or or whatever but it's like a big show and Hogan doesn't even win but then he he gets he loses and he gets back up and he chases whoever won like the bad guy or whatever he chases them That's out of there or even if it, <laughs> even if it was another good guy they leave because hogan's in the ring and like i said he does the cup of the year and he did whatever and it's the the edict at the time from vince mcmahon was hogan must pose but realistically that's what we wanted hogan must pose so in 96 97 even into a little bit of 98 when he's the bad guy and he's Mm -hmm. doing the too sweet and he's, he's playing guitar on the big gold belt that's spray painted with yes. NWO on it you yes. know what I mean was yes. there anything better probably not no
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean him turning, him turning heel was so huge and I remember just like everybody was so shocked that I was shocked because even when I was on the older side like I still thought that, that, that most of it was still you know at least sort of based in reality like I don't know. I just never thought of it. You know, I I was willing to suspend my disbelief. Let's say, yeah, because you know that's what you do when you're watching wrestling. I mean, the Undertaker, like like we were talking about one time, like you said, you know, the Undertaker is supposed to be a dead man. Yeah, he's an like, undead wizard man. Like we're, we're willing to to suspend our disbelief for that, right? Which is obviously impossible, but you know, right. it, it's so. That that's just what you did as a fan back then, you know. You just kind of went with it because, well, like, I it said, like I said, it was fun.
0: Like I said, towards the beginning of this, it's to me, it's no different than, you know. Like I said, there was that guy at my work who was like, "You guys know it's fake," and it's like, "Well, yeah, but so is The Walking Dead." Yeah, yeah. I I can sus- I mean, I don't watch that show, but like I can suspend my disbelief, to you know. Uh, we watched Buffy the, ba- you know, we're watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer over on Buffyverse and converse. Pretty sure that that's not real either. You know what I mean? Exactly. But like I can suspend my disbelief where, like, for that, you know, forty-two minutes and change, vampires are real, in the extent of the show. You know?
1: Yeah, I mean that's what you do with anything,
0: right? Spider Man's
1: um, not real. Everybody loves Spider Man exactly
0: but yeah so to answer your initial question going all the way back like i said undertaker triple h uh probably hogan sting i mean obviously steve austin as well um, oh yeah one person who was really like looking back now and over the last few years I've i've definitely thought this one person who was underappreciated and i honestly think a good portion of it, unfortunately, was his, as they say, demons, a.k.a., you know, substance abuse issues. Scott Hall. Scott Hall. Yes. Probably one of the best to not so get like good. a world title in the two major uh, organizations. But yeah. Yeah. You know, but he was uh, so b- good. He was. I believe you also asked favorite announcers. Um, yes.
1: Yes. Favorite announcers. Yeah. I want to hear this. I want to hear what your, your take on this.
0: So I am through and through, Jr. and the King. Yeah, you know, like my one of my very good friends, who's he's about, you know, he's about your age or so, like in terms of, uh, you know, growing up and and the era that he watched. Mm-hmm. Um, he always talks about the the debate that that people have of who was the better team, Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura or Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. Hmm. Um, I think it's. Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan are yeah. much better. I was just watching a video today where somebody uh, was fan booking um, if you were to take active AEW people and active WWE people, and they put some parameters on it and whatnot. Um, you know, who would you pick? And I said, I would love, and the announcers and things were part of it. And I said, I would love if. Michael Cole and Taz could get back together because I really liked them during the two thousands mm-hmm. on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. You know who I? I I'm not going to lie, I really because well, so let's just throw Bobby Heenan in there, by the way, because even in WCW, I thought he was great. Oh yeah, um, Mike Tanay on WCW Mike was Tenet. really good as well. Yes, yes. Um, you know who I and and I'm going to get a lot of a lot of heat for this. I think you know who I really like as an announcer. Oh. Vince McMahon. I do too. I thought Vince was really good. He and and it's I think it's partially because he knows the story better than anybody of what is supposed to be being told. He was really
1: good as an. Yeah, he was good at the booth. He was good as like the only thing was he just doesn't face announcer guy.
0: He just doesn't know the names of the moves.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I mean. It's okay. I you know, because he
0: made up for it
1: in a variety of other ways. He had like three different voices. Yeah, that he would go into. Well, because and the- he was always good with the kickouts. He was always good with the hey, he's got a one two three. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> it's just so. It was very amusing to hear. Now, and he bounced off of like Mr. Perfect and Jesse the Body, Jesse the Body Ventura and and Vince as a tandem was so funny in like some of those Superstars episodes where oh Jesse, yeah Jesse Ventura is like he's just like oh shut up McMahon you know I, I just love it I love hearing that like the, the, just Jesse Ventura with the Minnesota you know now the Mr. one gruff guy it's so funny
0: and I I mean this as no disrespect. I, I'm not taking anything away from him. I think he's really good. It's he's just was never one of my it's the reason that it's one of the yeah. few. So, the podcast that I listen to, the wrestling ones, the guy who does yeah. the one, it's his, he's Conrad Thompson. Um, yes, 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 yes the yes. whole network. I think you know who you, I don't know if you listen to his stuff, but you, I'm sure I know you of know him. Who yeah, he yeah. Is. I've heard some clips. Yeah. So, he, he has, I actually just got a thing because I'm part of their like um ad free shows thing. I just got a poster with all of the hosts today. Oh nice. Because um, I just oh, wow. Uh, I just upgraded my membership recently. So oh, like here cool. are the people that he has on his network. By the way, I'm Jeez. gonna I'm gonna look at this poster and I'm gonna read them off to you. Oh my God. Bruce that's Pritchard. Eric Bischoff, by the way, Eric Bischoff good uh good announcer. He's did good he um did good. Tony Schiavone That's who I yeah. was gonna say. I'm good not I'm not super big on him. I'm not taking it. He's uh, his, his yeah. is one of the few podcasts I don't listen to because he was just he was never my guy. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, I understand. I understand. I've listened to his stuff. I think he's really good at what he does. Yeah. But I'm not going to necessarily go out of my way. If he's on, I won't turn him off but he's also not somebody I'm going to go out of my way to listen to. And I mean that as no disrespect. He just he's he's not my guy. That's, and some
1: that's... people you connect with and some people you don't, you know, right. in terms of that. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um. So let's see. Pritchard, Bischoff, Shivani, uh, Arn Anderson. He does a podcast with. Oh, my uh, goodness. Jake the Snake Roberts. i love him. Um, Jake the Snake. Road Dog.
1: Road Dog, Jesse James.
0: Uh, William Regal, his podcast is actually ending because as of this recording, he's going back to WWE now.
1: Yep, he's going back.
0: Uh, Kurt Angle, DDP, nice. Matt Hardy, nice. Mick Foley, Ric Flair, Jr., and Jeff Jarrett. Wow, pretty much all of those again. All uh, the favors. Yep, the two of them that I don't out of all of those, the two that I don't really listen to a whole lot are, Shivani and Arn Anderson in terms of podcast, and that's really mm-hmm. only because a lot of the stuff that they focus on is N.W.A. Crockett mm-hmm. era in the mm-hmm. 60s, 70s, 80s, early 90s, which was not my thing at all. Because even if I were to go back and look at those times, I can appreciate Ric Flair, I can appreciate Dusty Rhodes, I can appreciate all the people that came through, but again... As unfortunate as a lot of people may think it is, I like the glitz and glamour of New York and the WWF because
2: mm, mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm.
0: more I'm more interested in the entertainment side of sports entertainment.
1: Mm. I understand that.
0: Yeah, off, um, I would love to hear your answer to to your
1: question. For for me over the years when i was a kid i was a big fan of the ultimate warrior over the years i i not so much um for me it would go something like this it would go like bret hart at the top just because i i i enjoy his matches i've always enjoyed his matches and i've always liked the technical aspect of it um and i like that he took a beating every single time he was in the ring But he would kind of like it was. He was an underdog, but he was a a good champion. He took it seriously, and a great technical wrestler, and a great pedigree, and a great like legacy. And the Hart Foundation is one of my favorite factions of all time.
0: If you ask Um, my, if you ask my mother, now my mother is not a big wrestling fan, even though she's pretty much been watching most of her life. Between, like I said, her father watched it, and then. Her husband, my father, watched it, and then mm-hmm. I watched it. So she's kind of like peripherally been watching it for yeah, most of her yeah. life. But she's yeah. not a big fan. But if you ask her, Bret Hart is her number two favorite.
1: Nice,
0: nice. Number one being uh, when, and I, I didn't mean to not include him on my list. I just, in terms of the other people, he's he doesn't rank up there as highly for me. But he is uh, probably one of the goats. Uh, Roddy Piper. Oh, Roddy Piper!
1: Oh yeah, yes, legend. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me it would be Bret at the top, and then I would definitely echo you with the Undertaker. Um, Hogan just for you know for my childhood and for the fact that he was very important to it. Like Hogan and Andre the Giant for me, though that's like that era. Um. Macho Man, Randy Savage, of course, just because the man was just insane and he cuts awesome promos. <laughs> the cream of the crop. Right. Um, Dusty Rhodes, I have so much appreciation for, even though, like, when I was growing up, I didn't really get to see his matches. I got to see some, but I mainly got to hear him on commentary on the WCW pay per views and stuff. And that was always fun. It was always just a, a, a so much. He's such an interesting talker. Like he had so much, you know, like such a great cadence. Um, and and to this day, like if I'm having a down night or something, I'll just put on his promo, his hard times promo, and I'll just, just like that gives me so much like joy. For some reason, it's just the hard times, Daddy
0: oh yeah if you're sorry if if somebody's out there listening to this and you're like a peripheral wrestling fan or you never necessarily watched like anything pre the attitude era or and you know what i mean anything like that that promo alone yes there there are probably three promos that i would say yeah which it's the Hard Times, Dusty Rhodes. Yes. Yeah. The To Be the Man promo by Ric yes. Flair. Yes. And then the Ric Flair winning the Rumble 92 with a tear in my eye promo. Man.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I and I want to add Macho Man's Cream of the Crop to that, too. Cause okay. That's, just, that's, uh, that's a I'll fun I'll give you that one. one. To watch. Yeah. It's just pure fun. It's pure yes. fun. It's not deep or anything. It's just fun. Um, yeah uh so so who else who Who am i missing here i would say like you know who i always liked big boss man really maybe not like the best wrestler but i always liked him for some reason like i always just had fun watching him
0: in wait when he was in at when he was as the big boss man or when he was in um like whatever you want to say the south nwa wcw as big bubba rogers
1: um well i mean i i was more familiar with him in terms of watching him in like the wwf at the time as like big boss man and stuff and then when he be you know and you know and then he went back to wcw it was big bubba rogers again and came back to the wwf and you know became vince's enforcer guy and all that and in the attitude era and stuff like yeah like big boss man for me he was just it, it was a was a fun character you know like there are certain guys where you just you just enjoy them as characters maybe and it's just you know it's not so much maybe not so much about skill in the ring or something it's just you would just enjoy them yes um like i you know this is going back for me like i don't really remember a whole ton of their matches but like junkyard dog um like oh god in terms of tag teams i would say well like i said heart foundation was one i i you know like i said i was very young at the time so i don't really remember a whole lot but i just remember just enjoying them of course and that was like the beginning of of my sort of you know affection for brett and um uh you know you had of course hogan and and macho as the mega powers and you had like uh the legion of doom slash the road warriors one of my favorite all-time tag teams for sure oh yeah uh the steiner brothers were great harlem heat was great um so you know and of course getting up to the factions i would say like the nwo of course that was my main fact like i said you know that that was us up on stage just doing the nwo too sweet all the time and just like yeah it, it that that was so much fun that era of wrestling
0: Please, please find that footage. I, I, (laughs) I, oh my
1: gosh. I will pay top dollar to see that. It was like, it was, it was on VHS. I still have the VHS tape. I don't know if it works. Oh,
0: we can get that transferred easily. Oh,
1: man. I tell you, though, (laughs) that, that is, that is one amusing, that, that's an amusing graduation tape because let me tell you, there's like, um, our, our class president at the time he goes up there and he actually mentions like the NWO or something where it would be like, Somebody, somebody would be a big fan of wrestling, or would be better in a wrestling ring, or something. And I, and there's just a shot of me just laughing my ass off at that comment.
0: Oh, we have to find this. We have and to get it this is out on so social funny. media. Oh, but anyway, that's <laughs> it's just like
1: John Campia's breakdancing tapes. You'll never find them. Um, but anyway, it's just so fun because, like, well, I told you where they are. They're in my room, um, in my house. But anyway, uh, it's just. You know, like, those guys, they were, they were, we're post the legends.
0: We're, we're relatively post-pandemic. I could get a flight down there. <laughs> <laughs> they were the legends of their time, though. So I,
1: I just grew up with a great affinity for, like, the NWO and, of course, DX. And, you know, um, DX was just the funniest group. I mean, like, I remember, that, and I just recently saw, like, the, the clip of them, you know, with Sergeant Slaughter when Slaughter was, like, the commissioner or something. And he's and, like talking at them and they're wearing like face masks and they have little windshield wipers on them because he spits at them or something. It was just the funniest freaking thing I've ever seen. They do
0: the they do the 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 salute into the socket thing. Yeah, they do. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, that is great. That is yeah. that that was like low brow high comedy. Um, And of course, you know, like the four horsemen. My God, we can't go without mentioning the four horsemen.
0: OK, what version though of the four horsemen?
1: i mean all of them no no i won't say all of them i would say the originals and i would say like just uh,
0: so here let's 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 bring up the page yeah let's bring up the eras here so let me uh let me look it up here give me just a sec um because that's the thing is like because you got to remember like later on yeah um it, and it's a it's a joke debate on uh Jeff Jarrett's podcast. Of is course. Technically of course. he was he was in the four horsemen, and it's like <laughs> eh, eh, was he though? You know. Yeah, uh, where are you? where are you? So the original members. The original, yeah. Rick Flair, Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson, Ole Anderson and, Tully and Tully Blanchard.
1: Blanchard.
0: Later yeah. members included Lex Luger in nineteen eighty seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barry Windham in 88 to 89 and then 90 to 91 mm-hmm. sting, even though he was, you know, the one of flair's biggest rivals, uh, from 89 to 90 yeah. Sid vicious from 90 to 91, Paul Roma from May of 93 to December of 93, <laughs> um, <laughs> Brian Pillman from 95 to 96. David Hayward in 1987, Chris Benoit from 95 to 97, and then again from 98 to 99, Steve Mongo McMichael from 96 to 97, then 98 to 99 again, Steve, Steve McMichael with that little dog, that's all I can think of, I don't know if you were watching it then, but <laughs>
1: yes I was, yes I was, yeah. um, her, I actually enjoyed him in the booth, I thought he was he was, oh as funny. a
0: commentator, yeah, the
1: way um, that he would uh, back and forth with Bobby Heenan was pretty fun.
0: Um, Kurt yeah, Hennig Michael, from good Lord. Uh, Kurt Hennig from August of okay. 97 to September of 97 and then Dean Malenko from September of 98 to May of 99 and then Jeff Jarrett during 97. Hmm. <laughs> So obviously, Flair, Arn Anderson, like
1: they were the too, yeah, yeah, they were the main two. I
0: I I think the
1: originals probably.
0: I think Barry Windham is a good like Barry a good
1: fit. Yeah, yeah, definitely a good fit. Sting mm-hmm. being in there, I don't know about that. <laughs>
0: well, they eventually turned on him, so
1: <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> Um, Mongo in there as a member of the Four horsemen was probably not the best choice um because the yeah, but i I don't want to say anything too bad about him because Mongo's going through some hard times, yeah, I hope he's okay, but I enjoyed him i I enjoyed his personality though for sure, like I used to enjoy just just watching him in the booth and stuff, so he was yeah, um God though. I, I mean I I have I would have to say the originals for sure but you know just as a faction and the fact that they you know that they did evolve over time and stuff and it did kind of go all the way up to the to like the end of the 90s basically I uh, I just I enjoyed the Four Horsemen it's like the Nwo you know the Nwo as a faction I just I love it as a faction but overall but even though they it, it just went off the rails you know towards the end and and uh or towards the middle I guess you could say because the end was actually back to the originals but i mean what a what a just a disruptive concept and that was the thing you know you started cheering on the bad guys for whatever reason like the nwo came in they were the heels that that's a heel group and yet for some reason i always cheered them on they were like the cool you know, again the the transgressive nature of it. they were just the cool guys. they were the guys that we all knew
0: well that's that's the thing with uh I don't want to say with wrestling overall, but it's one of the reasons that ECW became popular mm-hmm. um and it was it was just something that happened in the 90s. Yeah, and it's not exclusive to the '90s because it happened in the '60s and '70s as well. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it but did. the counterculture, yep, of, and it I guess it happens every generation. It happens every you know, yeah whatever. But it yeah. just it was whoever was cool, whoever was you know like suddenly they're not so cool. Because that and it's going to be it's probably the worst example ever, but it's it is kind of fitting. When you're at a certain age, if your parents like something, it's automatically not cool.
1: Yeah, you, you turn if your parents,
0: if your parents like it, it it is not and cannot be cool. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's and that's what it is, is it was cool to be the good guy and the using the Hogan example, the say your prayers and eat your vitamins and whatever. But then as soon as he turned his back on that, you got to tell these people to shut the heck up. If you want to, if they want to hear what I have to say, that's a good promo, by the way, too, I would throw that in That's a that great list. promo. The, the NWO the promo? Promo, promo. Even
1: though he calls them the
0: new world organization. Yes. Um <laughs> But... You know, when he when he says all that and even just Hall and Nash coming in and, you know, we're we're outsiders and, you know, we're going to we're going to take this this organization down and whatever. And it was like, wow, this is something I haven't seen before which actually isn't true because was... invasion angles had been happening for years in wrestling. I mean, true. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's true. But on they a actually grand got it from a New Japan thing, I think. Yeah. But yeah. on a
0: grand scale like that, there hadn't really been anything done like that, you know. And the thing so... was you thought it really
1: was like Razor Ramon and Diesel coming in and turning on, you know, and and invading WCW.
0: Oh yeah, there were lawsuits and everything. Yeah, there were. Yeah, um, but uh, I know at one point, um, just with regards to ECW, Paul Heyman made the statement that like ECW came out at the perfect time. Yes. because it was, uh, Nirvana was coming, you know, was was kind of coming to the forefront and whatever, and and grunge was, you know what I mean, becoming like the, and and the kind of counterculture of that was becoming the thing. And that was around that same time, you know, 94, 95, 96, and then 96, of course, is the birth of the NWO, and then into probably early 97 is the birth of DX. And like I said, ECW was around already at that point, and it was, it was cool to be bad sort of deal. It was. That was that was the thing
1: at the time, yeah. And And even you can even see that in Stone Cold, too, and the way that he's just like, you know, he's he's just flipping the bird to everybody and just like turning on his boss, you know, essentially like he's telling his boss to basically go shove
0: it. Well who well yeah, because And who, everybody wanted that. You that's know? that's the thing is everyone wanted to live vicariously through every every as the old phrase goes every tom dick and harry who went to their you know nine to five jobs and worked you know in a little cubicle or whatever mm-hmm. and all they wanted was to flip off their boss and give him a stunner you yes, know yes yes exactly so so but stone cold could do it he was a lot you know he i i can't do it but he can and look he drinks beer just like me yeah you know? very
1: blue <laughs> collar kind of you know
0: and oh, you know man. whereas like hogan and them like they and nash i think has described it this way uh, they were like the nwo were west coast hip hop at the time yeah i don't know i don't know if you're a hip hop guy or not
1: not not but, too much but yeah i understand the reference though
0: yeah cuz for those who who don't know you got, i mean so hip hop arguably maybe it's not an argument but arguably we'll say originated in new york in the like mid 80s or so and then it grew and you had uh you know your run dmcs and then they crossed over with rock and roll and whatnot and then over on the west coast at a certain point you had kind of the more hardcore people ice t moved over there uh he's originally from uh either New York or New Jersey, but he moved over there, became big over there. And then here on the East Coast, even though Pennsylvania isn't, but it is, um, they would they were still doing more uh kind of like laid back sort of things with with hip hop and whatnot, and not necessarily like lovey dovey, but they but they also weren't doing like I said a sort of hip, hop, a hippie, a hippie said, you know, like they weren't doing like that, like uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. There were there yeah. there was more lyricism to it, but then you had groups like N.W.A., you know, sh- coming straight out of Compton and and all that, and and f the police, and you know, mm-hmm. then that gave birth to to uh, root Ru- that was ruthless records, and that gave the, that gave way to Death Row Records and uh, Snoop Dogg and and the Dog Pound, and then you had a big thing of the East Coast. Which was Bad Boy Records. Uh, well, at the time, he was Puff Daddy and Notorious B.I.G. And you had the West Coast of Dr. Dre, Suge Knight, Snoop Dogg, and Tupac. And if you, <laughs> even if you're not a hip hop person, I'm sure you know yeah. about Tupac and Biggie, and not only their feud, yeah. but what eventually happened with them. Yeah. Um, and but that was that was the thing was like the east coast in a certain to a certain extent tried playing catch up with the west coast saying Mm -hmm. we're not to take not to use the the line from ecw but we're hardcore you know Mm -hmm. we talk about real things we talk about you know like i said f the police and running Mm -hmm. you know running drugs and whatever whereas on the east coast they were more talking about like They might say that they were doing that stuff because in New York, but it was a lot of times it was, hey, girl, let's party, which is fine. But yeah, that's not what everybody wanted to hear. And then they tried becoming more edgy, you know, yeah, and whatever. (laughs) And so that's what the NWO was, was they were they were kind of they were hardcore West Coast hip hop where they Mm -hmm. were being edgy. And then everybody else, including to a certain extent, the WWF had to play catch up
1: every single the ending of every single Monday Nitro was just the NWO standing in the ring, standing over their victims and just people
0: throwing trash
1: at them in the ring. <laughs> what a time.
0: Uh... so you said you had two questions. The one was favorite. Uh, oh, performers yeah. 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 And so, announcers. Um... Um, so I didn't really go into the announcers, did I? Well, of course
1: it's going to be Jr. from me, of course, you know, but I also love Taz. I I even like Mr. Perfect when he was on the mic for those for those superstar shows. But, you know, Mr. Perfect was a fun one. He was one of my favorites, too. Um, Bobby Heenan is somebody that I've really appreciated over the years. I've grown to appreciate him a lot more than, you know, I used to because he played the heel. I used to really dislike him. But now looking back, it's just like he was the perfect heel announcer. Yep. Um, But for me, it's always going to be JR is the greatest, and I would say, like, the greatest in terms of the in-ring interviews and stuff like that is, of course, Mean Gene. Mean Gene just had a gift for it, and he had a great voice for it, he a good presence in the ring, you know?
0: Yeah. You know who I, I didn't say in terms of announcers? And he did it in WCW back in the day, back in mm-hmm. like the early 90s, and then he did it for a brief hiccup in like two thousand one during the invasion is Paul Heyman. Paul, Paul Heyman. Heyman and Jr. I mean, Paul Heyman is he. He even says Bobby the Brain Heenan is the best manager commentator everything. That's yes. why he doesn't call himself a manager. He's he's an advocate. He's a, an advocate ad- he, because his his opinion is the wise man. Yes. Well, his opinion is: once somebody has already done it the best, why even try to be Mm. in that same realm? And he yeah, Paul Heyman's
1: fantastic.
0: And so I, but I would I would put him at like a one A. Yeah. But in terms of commentary, if you go back that that year of the invasion when he was on, it was him and Jr on commentary. He's fantastic. Oh yeah, fantastic.
1: He's great. He's just great on the mic he's such a oh i i mean i I don't want to derail this too much but in terms of him and and roman reigns and that whole thing with brock lesnar like the recent storyline with brock lesnar versus roman reigns and which you know whose side is paul Heyman truly on yes it was so incredible seeing him play this sycophantic like like, he's so great at that. I just love him at ringside every single time Roman Reigns wrestles. I love you, my tribal chief. You are my tribal chief. Show them my tribal chief. It's just so incredibly dramatic and so fun. Yeah, he like, is He's so fantastic in that role. It fits. One of the best. Like, oh hands down, God. one of the best. And Taz, you know, Taz is one of my favorite announcers. He was always one of my favorite wrestlers. He kind of came in just as I was stopping, you know. I, I kind of moved away, like right as Taz was coming on on board and and starting to wrestle in like, you know, the the WWF and stuff like that. But like in terms of being on the mic and everything, I just love him. I I I can't explain it. He's like Dusty Rhodes to me, where it's just anything they say is it's fun.
0: Okay. I could see that.
1: Um I would also have to say, and I know that this this will probably bring some heat, too, because he's a very infamous personality. But like
0: JR and Jim Cornette. So it's funny because when I had said Paul Heyman, my mind immediately went to Jim Cornette because as much as they don't really like each other, I think they respect each other to a certain extent, but they don't like each other. But I've heard people say for years that they are the same person. One is just from the north and one is just from the south. But because they're so alike, they don't get along.
1: I think if they really have a lot of respect for each other, though. Like I like like Jim Cornette won't call him, you know, S stain. Basically. So I think right. that's 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 you're pretty okay if he doesn't call you a name like that. Yeah. <laughs> but um I don't know, man. It's just like Jim Cornette was a great talker. Like he was, I remember seeing those promos of him just like bashing WCW. You remember those? Yep. Yeah. I mean, those were just fun. Like he's, he's a, he's a good talker. You know what I mean? And I don't always agree with his opinions when it comes to like AEW and stuff like that, because I feel like he paints with too broad a brush sometimes in terms of the fan base and in terms of like, you know, like what people like now and how the business is different, but when he does, he does make some good points, I would say about like certain things. And I've learned to appreciate that. So, you know, but other than that, it's just opinions. Um, but I would say like the other question that I had for you is in terms of modern wrestling, I don't want to take up too much time now because I think I I, I'm pretty much almost done, but like, in terms of modern wrestling, who would you say are some of your favorites right now?
0: Modern wrestling?
1: Yeah, like, let's say the AEW, modern WWE, NXT. Um, and Impact, as well.
0: Number one, AJ Styles. Yes. Um, Excellent. Unfortunately, my second favorite is Out with Injury, which is really disappointing, because I was so hyped for his return to... WWE this year Cody Rhodes Cody Rhodes yeah like I missed in terms of watching at the time I missed his pretty much his entire run with WWE dashing, Mm -hmm. undashing, (laughs) mustaching Stardust like I missed pretty much the whole thing I think I might have seen like the tail end of Stardust and whatnot, and then I was right when I was really getting back into it and watching and looking at a lot of stuff because for a while like because of like we i mentioned like what culture and stuff before like when all when what culture was what it was at the height of it like they started a wrestling promotion and i was like watching that wrestling promotion and that got me into like the uk indie scene and Mm -hmm. stuff and a lot of the more like like things like that where they would get not just them but like you know, noticing that even like some of the, the I mean, I might have to travel. I didn't. I never ended up going, but there were ones in like Massachusetts or New York or New Jersey where it would be like, oh, come watch Kurt Angle versus Cody Rhodes, and I'm like, how do you get Kurt Angle versus Cody Rhodes on the indies? Like, you know what I mean? But like, seriously, these companies, these companies were doing it, and so like. That's when I really started like paying attention to Cody Rhodes and obviously like Bullet club and the elite and all that, and then obviously with uh with the beginning of a e w and stuff and so even though he's out with injury right now, Cody Rhodes for sure, um yeah, I'm not a fan of I'm a fan of him. I think his character right now is meh, but overall, I like uh Seth Rollins yeah um,
1: he yeah the characterization is very hit or miss for me yeah
0: um i i really and truly think one of the right now and this obviously by the time people listen to this in the future this could easily change but right now the bloodline storyline with Sami yes. Zayn is probably the best thing going in all of wrestling
1: I got to say the Bloodline storyline has been the best thing for the past, like, maybe three years.
0: Well, I just mean the whole, you know, feeling Usy, you
1: know, (laughs) and Sammy Uso
0: thing. That's That's probably one of the best things going right now. So pretty much the Bloodline right now.
1: Um, I got to tell you that that match between like Roman Reigns and was it Jay Uso? Like just as Roman Reigns was turning heel and becoming like the champion and everything. Like that match with him where, you know, where he's talking at Jay and just like, you know, he's beating the crap out of him, even though he's his cousin. And he's just like, he's just like, don't you see what this is doing? And like, he's just totally like, like that match was so dramatic for me. It almost brought me to tears. Yeah, that was literally sitting there just
0: being captivated by this. The whole, th- like when people finally started to accept Roman. Yeah, it really turned everything around in a really
1: good it, way. It did, and his matches are great. Like he he does very old school. Like it's it's kind of what I look for in, yeah. in my wrestling matches.
0: Um, so yeah,
1: he's been doing great.
0: So you had mentioned earlier, uh, Natty Neidhart. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when I was getting back into it, I, like I, you know, obviously like the my buddy Zach and some of the other friends that we had from work and stuff like they were talking about the four horsewomen, Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, Bailey, whatever. They're Mm -hmm. great. The four of them are fantastic. I'm not taking anything away from them. Actually, I would probably say Charlotte grew to be my favorite female performer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But Natty was Probably one of the reasons that I started getting back into it because I was like, damn, like this, and it's gonna sound really bad, but it is how it was portrayed at the time. I'm not and I'm not taking anything away from Trish Stratus or Lita or whatever. Women's wrestling was never like that. No. You know it was different. It was very it, different. And I mean, you had your few, you had Ivory, who was, you know, a wrestler, you know, it's but she really- gone.
1: It's gone through its own evolution too over time.
0: But like some, like, like I said, you would have like Ivory, but she didn't have anybody Mm -hmm. to go against. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But now, like Natty, probably one of the best, not even just female wrestlers, but probably one of the best wrestlers in all of WWE. Yeah. Like male or female or whatever. She's probably one of the best. Charlotte, definitely up there, even though she's out right now um trying to think on the AEW side cuz i i named several obviously WWE people on the AEW side uh JB Hater Yeah, i like i mean i like Britt Baker a lot. Um, I like Britt. I love I, Britt. I saw so fun. This year i was um i was blessed to be able to go to two AEW shows. Nice. Um, and uh, I got to see one of them was uh I got to see a what did, I don't know if they, they what they called it I think it was just they called, just called it a death match between um Lance Archer and John Moxley. It oh, was wow. great. It was just for it was just for a dynamite, you know, just a regular Wednesday night thing, but yes, yeah. it, it was great. Um. Oh, obviously on the AEW side. MJF.
1: MJF. Um. What? What a guy!
0: I. I. Uh, I, 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 I love MJF. Yes. Yeah. Um. Still doing his thing, Chris Jericho. After still all these years, it. there's there's a reason that he has stuck around all these he years. Just,
1: he, did you see last week? He just got beat by a jobber guy.
0: Yes but to me I mean, that, last
1: week i say last week a couple of days ago, a couple of nights ago
0: but like to me that's like i'm okay
1: and i'm again, okay with that it's
0: it's me taking a step back because as much as yes yes it is uh yeah. you know like i get into this guy versus that guy and wins and losses and whatever at this point in his career that's what he should be doing not yeah. all the time he still needs to rem- but But if Jericho wasn't Jericho, then that guy beating him would have meant nothing.
1: It's the same thing as like Scott Hall putting over, you know, Sean Waldman or the one, two, three kid at the time as he was known. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like you have to, and it's the thing that I hear on the wrestling podcast that I listen to all the time or whatever. It's not about who goes over. It's about who gets over. Yeah. That's, That's number one. Cause if you can't lose and still be over, that's a problem that you need to take a look at mm-hmm. the other, the other aspect of it is if you are not somebody worth beating, then the win that this person is about to get means nothing.
1: And they did at least set it up because in the interview section where he was like, you know, I'm obviously I'm going to go and crush this kid, you know? And then of course, the kid comes out and just is putting up more of a fight than he would have thought, and then he wins. Right, I was just like that
0: was good. That that was actually well done. Um. Oh, obviously you because you said throw impact in there. Um. Mickey James, Mickey top James, notch. Yeah, yeah, Mickey top James, notch. Yes. Uh like Agreed. she's probably in terms of consistent performers she's she's one of the best has been for many years she's on i think she's calling it her retirement tour she's doing right now i think they just announced recently um Hmm. it's going to be again as of this recording it's going to be her versus jordan grace for the knockouts title which is the impact women's title and it's Mm -hmm. a title versus career match oh Um, man uh, I think she's technically mm. stepped away because she's about to go. The word is she's about to go back to WWE. But uh, Chelsea Green. Mm-hmm. Um, Chelsea
1: Green, yeah. She's good.
0: Uh, and her best friend, uh, Deanna Parazzo, the virtuosa. Um, <laughs> probably one of the best. Mr. Chelsea Green, AKA the king of the death match, uh, Matt Cardona. <laughs> I want nothing more than Matt Cardona to come back to WWE. Like mm. I want him to come back during the Rumble. Uh, formerly Zack Ryder. You might get he, that. You might get he, that. I Who don't. Knows? I don't want him to be Zack Ryder. He has to be Matt Cardona, though.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like he. Well, has I mean to that be... happened with Cody. Yeah, and that was under Vince. So now that it's under Triple H. I mean, I don't. I don't think anything's off the table.
0: I I think if you look at cardona as the zach Ryder, and i because it's funny because the, there's the guy that i the one guy that i work with who's also into wrestling i keep talking about cardona and he's like you talk about him a lot he's like dude zach Ryder was nothing i go yeah i go but think about zach Ryder," and then i showed him a picture of cardona now
1: mm-hmm. dark
0: hair like way more jacked like yeah you know he's so like, he's different I, I was like this is what he looks like i said and i could show you some matches he's like it doesn't even look like the same guy i said i know and I'm not taking anything away when he from when he was Zack Ryder, but Matt Cardona in WWE, like I, like one of the things that I want, I don't know whether it would be at, against each other because obviously like people are talking that WrestleMania this year Roman should lose the title to at minimum Cody Rhodes possibly even split the titles back up or whatever, but um, I would love. Cardona versus Cody Rhodes at a WrestleMania. I think that would be. Fantastic. I think that
1: would be a really good WrestleMania match for sure. Yeah.
0: You know, it doesn't even have to. It it, it could be for any. It could be for a uh, the Intercontinental, the United States, the World title. It could be a stip. You know, it could be like a like a gimmick match. I mean, like that, a like that's... a hardcore match or whatever. It doesn't matter. Just the that's... two of them on that grand stage. Oh my gosh! Take my money now. You know, <laughs> that's kind of what I was thinking they were heading
1: towards because of the way that Cody came back and, you know, that promo that he cut where he mentioned Dusty and I the one I that think got that they, away. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely going for it. that was a great promo, too. Yeah, um, I honestly think that that's where they're headed. You know, like if there's anybody that Roman should lose the title to. Maybe not. Just yet, but soon because he's had a long reign. Probably would be Cody.
0: And I and I would be perfectly okay with that.
1: Me too. Me too. Yeah, especially because you know, like he couldn't, he he didn't take the AEW title. Like this, the WWE title would mean a lot.
0: And I think, uh. because, like when he was when he was there previously, and he um. He had the the IC belt and he changed it back mm-hmm, to the mm-hmm. old way that it was. Yeah. And I think yeah. he, I, I think they would do for him, and because of the respect that Triple H has for Dusty, I yeah. think they would even if it was just for like a one night thing, just you know whatever. I think they would change it back to the old Winged Eagle. Yeah. So Cody could have the Winged Eagle just for a little bit. Yeah or at least a variation of that, as opposed to just having the big WWE logo on it. I know. Yeah, I kind of, I
1: miss the old one, I, the old belts. There's a lot of the old wrestling that I miss, kind of, because I'm of that generation, you know? But, like...
0: Eh. Well, that could be the perfect transition. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. There you uh, go. That's s- it. That's our retro. <laughs> so, uh... I,
0: I say that to say um, something that uh, Kiona and I have talked about for a while now is as you can see, we can sit here and we can talk wrestling a lot. And Quite a lot, yes. If, <laughs> More than I thought we could. <laughs> if you are a regular listener of anything clock shelves, you know that I reference wrestling a lot. And again, as I said earlier, I used to have a wrestling show on the network. Um, myself and, uh, my friend, Zach, several other people have been on over the years. Um, including I had my dad on, I had, uh, various, uh, losty friends and other coworkers and all sorts of things like that. And I know from, um, talking with several of the renegade pop culture people, which is Kionis that, which we didn't really, we haven't really referenced renegade pop culture a lot at all. Um before I go further kind of tell what renegade pop culture is just a little bit
1: oh sure so renegade pop culture uh, we basically cover movies games TV shows music even some mental health stuff um just your assorted geekery and and things that things of that nature um you know the nerd pursuits as they were as it were um I would, I would just describe us as we're we're kind of a collective and we kind of just, you know, um, we have an animation show. We have Arcade, which is our video game related show, which I have to do more episodes for. Um, it's uh, and of course, we have our, our marquee show, which is all about movies. We have Jukebox, which is all about music. Um, it, it's basically just just a collection of podcasts on different topics, but all related towards pop culture and all kind of, you know, turning in that direction. So, uh, I would say, you know, you can find us basically anywhere on anchor on Spotify and and Apple, you know, podcasts and anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you can find us. And we also have a website where we post some reviews and we post some news sometimes. Um, for instance, last month, when Kevin Conroy passed away, the, the voice of Batman, we, uh, Yeah, I immediately had to write something on that. So I did because it was just something that I felt like I was going to just burst if I didn't put something out there. So it, uh, you know, it's it's just stuff that we love and we just post about it and hopefully people take a
0: listen and enjoy it. If you're listening to this because you're a regular Clockshelves Entertainment listener, um, there is something for you over at Renegade Pop Culture. Like, I can guarantee it. Like, we f- tend to focus on the stuff that we do. We will find a particular thing. Um, we did Lost with Friends, which was a rewatch show. We're doing MCU and Me, which is, a you know, an extremely deep dive into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, all the various corners of it, be it the uh, traditional television side, the, at the time, Netflix side, the film side and so on. and obviously we're going through that that whole journey from Iron Man um all the way through. where're as of this recording, we're at the end of phase two, beginning of phase three. Um we do Buffyverse and Converse. um and that's a rewatch of that we just started recently that Kiona has been on quite a few episodes of for the uh Buffy the Vampire Slayer. and of course, uh, there is a spinoff to that that we will get into. Um, later on but whereas we tend to focus on a lot of kind of specific stuff and of course on Paul and all it's uh, everything and anything and I've talked with various people uh, my friend Kevin goes to the cinema multiple times a month so I'll get him to do well, we haven't done it in probably a year or so maybe two but we used to do uh, kind of at the either halfway mark of the year or whatever we would do kind of all the films that have come out up until this point in the year. And then we, you know, I would kind of ask his thoughts because he goes to the cinema a lot more than I do. Um, And we've talked about video game stuff or whatever. And so if you like the stuff that we do, you will like the stuff that they do. And that being the case, and knowing that Kiona and I have been uh, friendly for quite a few years and um, he helps with my stuff. And I've gotten to talk with, uh, a few of the people over on the renegade pop culture side um, mm-hmm. about a variety of different things. I kind of, we kind of decided and we pitched doing a collaborative show, and it's a wrestling show. I know after all this talk, you're, you all are super surprised that it's going to be a wrestling show. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, it's, it's called RAW, R A A W. Uh, reflecting and analyzing wrestling and um, it might change so the the funny thing is the original idea and I think you and I have talked about this Kiona the original idea Mm -hmm. for Wrestling Renegades was I said oh we should we should pick a show I pick one, Zach picked one, whatever and we would do like commentary over it and like watch along the event and sync up with us and, and whatever and after about two three weeks that kind of went by the wayside now my idea for this and you you seemed receptive to it and i think some of your uh your folks seem receptive to it so i'm hoping that if we do it it'll it'll go through um just you said about going you you know the the thing that transitioned us into this was you said about watching the old school what have you 2023 is the 30th anniversary of the premiere of WWF Monday night raw. And so I thought it would be fun to go through kind of week by week that first year of Monday night raw. And I've watched that first episode back. I've not done it in quite a while. Um, but obviously it, it, it'll be well, as of right now, it'll be Kiona and myself i'm uh, mm-hmm having several guests in throughout, you know, like I said, uh, renegade pop culture people, clock shelves, people so on. Um, and I just think it'll be really fun just going through the, uh, that first year and looking back at at 1993 (laughs) of uh Monday night raw and, and the state of wrestling at the time. And, um, I'm not going to be. I said about the Conrad uh, Conrad Thompson podcast that I listened to. I'm not necessarily going to be as uh, diligent in my research, unfortunately, as they are pulling all sorts of notes from the you know the Wrestling Observer and all of that. But I'm going to try to get some some stuff in there in terms of the state of the world at the time, the state of the wrestling world at the time, and things like that. But uh, yes, this is basically us announcing that we are doing the first official collaborative show between Renegade Pop Culture and Clockshelves Entertainment and it's going to be raw r a a w reflecting and analyzing wrestling <laughs> and i'm very excited me too me too <laughs> um and uh so the this is going to go if i if if i get this timing wise Correctly, this is gonna go i'm gonna put this out on the pollen all feed and then this will also be the first episode of that because technically wwf monday night raw was uh january i want to say january 11th which was like the second week the second monday of that year <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, the first Monday of the uh the year of twenty twenty three, the first Monday will be this, and then okay. by the second Monday, I figure, which is actually going to be the ninth, so it'll be two days before the official anniversary. But I okay. figured we could put ours out every Monday, um, and uh, yeah, so we'll cover kind of episode by episode, uh, that first year of uh, of Monday Night Raw, and like I said, we'll have uh we'll have some guests and all sorts of uh news and notes that we can that we can get and it'll be just us again as the title says reflecting and analyzing wrestling from 30 years ago and I I think it'll be interesting yes. because as we talked about during this oh God I we have love... we have uh varying perspectives on what we like what we don't like what our quote unquote our era was in terms of, you know mm-hmm. watching and and even we kind of talked about the the difference of how Monday Night Raw changed sort of the business strategy of the WWF and then even WCW a few years later when they launched Monday Nitro um and i just think it'll be interesting to sort of talk about all of that stuff within the context of that first year of Monday Night Raw the first episode Um, which you said, uh, was, uh, the, uh, I think you talked about it. I don't, we, we talked so much, uh, a little, we talked a little before we started recording, but, um, that first episode has, um, Bobby Heenan, um, very, very early on, uh, we have a little bit of Ric Flair towards his, the end of his, uh, his WWF run before he went back to, uh, WCW. Um, but we got all sorts of things. We talked about Scott Hall. So we're going to have Razor Ramon. We have the undertaker. Uh, I believe Brett Hart is the, is the world champion at the time. And as I kind of alluded to a little bit earlier, we have the, um, the occupational gimmicks at the time, uh, Duke the Dumpster Drozzy and um, I think some of these came a little bit later but there was like The Goon which was a hockey guy Um, and it's it's not it is a little bit of a transitional period because uh, 93 did have Hulk Hogan so he wasn't officially gone from the company but the early Raw he wasn't there quite he still wasn't there full time so um i think it'll be really interesting to uh to talk all things 1993 when we launch well i don't know how cuz it's it's so much easier to just say wwf or wwe or what have you and you know it's monday night raw but this is renegade pop culture and clock shelves entertainment raw R-A-A-W. Um, and it's, uh, reflecting and analyzing, uh, wrestling and yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it.
1: Yeah. I'm very excited to be a part of it as well. And, uh, yeah, reflecting and analyzing wrestling. I love that name just because it's such a, it's such a great reference in itself. Um, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very interested in talking about that first episode because it really takes me back and it's it's so weird to see like how things have changed and how the business has evolved and how the shows have evolved over time. Um, That's like a big theme of course, for me is this just looking at the changes that have occurred and, you know, um, yeah, I think this is going to be a great collaboration for us, you know, like, like RPC and, and CSE and, clock shelves and renegade pop culture, man. I'm just I'm excited for this. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot of fun. Um I'm definitely looking forward to having some of some of my group come in and and you know we we don't really talk about much wrestling on on our side. So it's gonna be fun to actually have that happen and, and to uh be able to talk with guys like Brock and uh about this sort of thing because I know that he has a lot to say. So well yeah, there is
0: gonna, so there is very one thing- interesting there is one thing that I wanna I wanna clear the air on because I know we've talked about it, but I don't know if, if we've ever talked about it on any of the shows. So uh-huh. I wanna I wanna clear the air right here, sure. right now. Sure. So way back I said uh, my buddy and I launched wrestling renegades and I think sure. at that time ooh, excuse me, I think at that time you had been doing when did you when did you launch Renegade Pop Culture? um right before the pandemic happens in like march of 2020 i think late march okay so possibly late march okay i thought it was longer than that cuz i think we were doing i think we we launched 2018
1: oh you guys are before us then yeah well okay. i i i didn't know anything like I just looked around for names and stuff like that. I didn't even see like yours pop up or anything like that, but I guess that's Google for you, but you know,
0: well, no. And that's, that's, I wanted to make sure that the air was cleared on that because I, 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 I thought you had started a while before that. Um, but I know that that was something that I always was like, if we hadn't used that name for a collaboration or just for a, a wrestling show, if you were ever gonna launch one, like wrestling Renegades would probably have been like the perfect title, but oh, I, um, I would
1: have looked first to to be sure,
0: but I yeah. wanted I just I wanted to clear the air on that. There was nothing like yeah, 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 I didn't, yeah, I didn't mean to step on your toes and you didn't and, mean to and step I did my to toes step on and, yours, and of yeah. course and i I think I told you this really, and I don't know if I ever said this on the on the air for that show. I wanted obviously. I I like alliteration, and yes, I know wrestling yeah. begins with a W, and Renegades does not, but it's but,
1: the R sound.
0: Yes, and I, I I like alliteration and things like that. Of course, and really Everybody does. Where that came from was years back when I was I was thinking like, oh, what could be a good wrestling show name and whatever, and I was like, oh, what could it be, and all these things, and um, um, I was <laughs> I was rewatching. Full house of all things. And in the later seasons, um, Jesse and Joey become radio hosts uh, and their show is the Rush Hour Renegades. And it's, you know, <laughs> what you listen to when you're on your way home from work and whatever. And this, the way that it was just like, and they had like the little thing because Jesse was the music guy. So he's, he, you know, had like a little sting and it was like, rush our renegades, you know, whatever. And That's I gross. was like, I was like, I like that name. And I was like, renegades. I was like wrestling. Right. And then, so it just kind of came from, from that. So really it was full house that, uh, that gave me the, the works. um, full house I, of all things, man. of all How things. Yep. And um, <laughs> and for those for those wondering, I I the reason that we are doing this as a new under a new name instead of the Wrestling Renegades name is one because it would have just been easy to just say well they're Renegade Pop Culture and we already have the Wrestling Renegades name and whatnot. Um, my buddy Zach is absolutely more than welcome to be on the show, but I know he can't necessarily dedicate the time to be on it um, because of mm-hmm. the various things that he's going through and as I always tried to make clear with him and then when we brought our buddy uh, Pat in later on that was like our thing like me and Zach and then later Pat so I didn't want to just say well i'm taking the name and they're not part of it anymore and whatever and I, of course i like the 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 kind of pun on raw and we're going to be watching raw and whatever. i like that yeah um, i like that too but i just i figured i i wanted this to not necessarily step on the toes of that i didn't yeah. want to have anything and again i talked this over with zach i told him like hey man you know been been talking and you know uh gonna launch this thing and he was like you know, he was very, very supportive and whatnot. So I don't want anybody to think that there's anything like negative there. If you're a again, if you're a regular uh clock shelves listener, you know um that Zach has pretty much been around with the Clock Shelves podcast since day one. So um I definitely don't want anybody to think there's anything there. He has in as far as I'm concerned, uh he has an open invitation to uh appear on the show um whenever he has time and the and the schedules Absolutely. allow it. Um, but, uh, because as I, as I always made clear, cause like, and I, and, and it's one of the differences between like the clock show stuff and the, and the renegade pop culture stuff is like Mm -hmm. my, like it's Paul and all, and it's lost with friends and it's MCU and me and it's, uh, Buffyverse and Converse and like you all do things and like, you're not on every episode and yeah yeah you know exactly what I mean? like not everybody is on every episode but pretty much anything clock shelves related i'm that's i'm i'm your voice of choice over at clock shelves entertainment as i always you know. <laughs> and so like it's kind of synonymous with me you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's it's me and it's it's all of my my friends and family and stuff and it it would not exist without the rest of them but when it came to the wrestling renegades show like i had said like i didn't make any decisions without consulting zach you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it was i was like hey man uh like at the one point uh the way that i got uh our friend kevin to be on the show was i was like hey he was at i think it was i don't know if it was a wrestlemania or whatnot but i was like hey man he was at the show would you want to have him on and he was like yeah unfortunately the schedules didn't work out so like it was just kevin and i talking at the end of one of the episodes i believe and then the next time like they started talking and you know like whatever and granted i was on only because i'm also the producer and the engineer of the show so like i take care Mm -hmm. of the recording and whatnot yeah you
1: literally do everything yeah so um (sighs) or almost everything i mean i understand
0: so i mean and that's not to say that that zach and pat couldn't have done the show because like pat is a a streamer on twitch so he absolutely knows how to do all of that and whatever yeah but um it was just you know one week it might be me and pat one week it might be me and zach or what and but then if we ever had a guest it was me one of them and the guest you know what i mean and so that was that was the thing i tried to make it where it was me and zach and again later pat and it was all of us doing things together what's the direction of the show let's figure it out together let's decide no you know let's decide on this that and the third together because as much as the other things were me and everybody appears on them this was us sort of deal and obviously i feel like this is going to be the same thing where it's going to be like you and me and you know like making decisions together and then obviously the collaborative effort between your folks and my folks and and whatever but like i said that's i just wanted to make sure that that air was cleared for any uh any listeners out there that this is not uh cutting out zach or pat sort of thing this is a different thing this is a new thing and absolutely and it's uh, not my intent
1: either of course
0: oh no no and i wasn't trying to paint it like that at all um but i just i wanted to make that you know like i said as far as i'm yeah. concerned they have they they both have uh, open invitations to be on the show but this is its own thing like a separate thing you know yeah. what i mean so that's yeah. why we're not using the name that's why you know what I mean? Like it's it's not even though, it, again, it would have been super easy uh, <laughs> and would have made it a will, whole lot more almost sense. would have been too easy, you know, Like um, which is why we couldn't do it because it would have been too easy. There we go. Exactly. <laughs> um, but no, but like I said, <laughs> that was that was my thing with them. And now this is our thing. You know, the clock shelves thing and the renegade pop culture thing is raw reflecting and analyzing wrestling and i am super excited me too me too all right so um we talked <laughs> about um renegade pop culture before but remind everybody now uh where they can find all things renegade pop culture and anything regarding you specifically
1: well it's super easy it's renegadepopculture.com also on twitter at pop culture, red not stimpy uh you can also find me on Twitter at Tang. That's K-E-O-N-A-T-A-N-G. And um I'm also on Twitch and hopefully gonna start streaming on there. That's twitch.tv slash neoplasmic. Um and I also help out one of my one of my best friends uh on her stream as well. So um you can find it on my Twitch when you go there. You'll find her channel because I have it on suggested channels. So
0: Give, her, give uh, her a plug. Give her a plug if you want. Come all right, her.
1: all right. It's it's twitch.tv slash some bish red. Some named red. Uh, that. that's, that's like S-O-M-E-B-I-S-H-N-A-M-E-D-R-E-D.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um of course all things clock shelves. <laughs> of course, all things clock shelves. Clockshelves.com. Uh Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is at Clockshelves um trying to get back into the swing of things over at content club which is where you can get uh, early and uninterrupted versions of soon raw and uh <laughs> buffy verse and converse paul and all uh if we, we're going to be doing some more bonus loss with friends uh mcu and me and uh more stuff coming soon um, I personally am on Twitter and Instagram at jpgrB. and yeah, I think that's everything that we gotta that we gotta plug. Um, so we so. went over our wrestling histories quite in depth. We talked about the launch of the new show. We shouted out all the stuff that we needed to shout out. Can you think of anything else before we get out of here Kiona? I think we're good. All right. So uh, new show coming soon. Check out the stuff that we're already doing. Um, and since this is technically going to be a Paul and all before it is the first episode of raw, I'm going to end it the same way I end the Paul and all episodes by saying he is Kiona. I am Paul. And that is all.